Welcome to another episode of Serious Disney. Or if you're listening around the time of release, yes, that's right, Serious Disney is back. Our foolhardy quest, our blithering idiot hardy quest to watch all the Disney remakes in order and report back to you about them has been on hold due to a sequence of events that went. World has pandemic. Disney becomes live streams. Live streams are harder to make podcast episodes out of. My workload becomes too high to allow for the work needed. But now it's done anyway, and you're about to hear it. Our review of Disney's live-action Mulan. There is some context you need first, especially if you weren't there for the initial stream this is made from. This was streamed absolutely ages ago, during 2020, when I was still in total lockdown and Jahan would deliver groceries to my door. As a result, we're sort of making jokes in the face of a kind of gloomy pallor that has descended on the world. It doesn't affect us in this recording, but now and then if we nod towards something going on, that might be what. Also, some of our references will be outdated, like the one about friend of the show Gilbert Gottfried being alive. And in particular, we're reviewing this during its initial Disney Plus release, and are talking about it in that context, which as you may remember, was peculiar. You'll hear all about why as we go on. So then, Disney made another remake. How was it? Have you seen it? Why not just listen to us instead of seeing it? How about just doing that? Hello! Right, let's get down to Disney. Yes. We're doing an episode now of Serious Disney, the podcast. Hello, everybody! This is it. Hello! Welcome, everyone, to another episode. One you, when I say you, I mean some small number of you have requested. Yes. Yes. We were maybe kind of popular request. Yes, exactly. We were maybe potentially couldn't be bothered to do this. We were couldn't then, be bothered. Yes. But then people said that we should. <laughs> oh, here we are. And we are we are your puppets in a way. Um, yeah, in a big, strong way. Um, yeah. We have watched d- d- the new remake of Mulan by Disney. Yeah. Disney's by Mulan. Disney. Um, by Disney's Mulan. Yes. Um, they keep calling films by the same names as their previous <laughs> films. So you can't just say Disney's Mulan and that explains the one you mean. It's Disney's Mulan, brackets 2020, a way that people do not speak. <laughs> well, we could go with uh, New Lan. Yeah. Tulan. That's what we're doing. No, there's already a Tulan. Poolan. Yes. <laughs> okay. We've watched Disney's Poolan. <laughs> <laughs> And it's great. <laughs> it's it's rubbish. <laughs> so before we launch into uh, the that mm. <laughs> the that of mm-hmm. all of this, mm-hmm. I'd like to kind of talk around this film a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because honestly, one of the reasons that <clears throat> we've decided or I decided on our behalf that we should definitely do this. Yeah. Is because it's like, I think this film has ended up occupying sort of an interesting um, space in that it was a film that's come out to achieve a number of goals. Yeah. And I believe it's failed at all of them mm. so, so far. Uh, um, that, that's my perception of it, yes. Yeah, the specific like the specific goals that, and I don't know if they 
laid these foundations or if maybe maybe I made some assumptions. But the goals that I thought were the point of this version of the film all failed. Yes. And including several points that it accumulated uh, over 2020 mm. as things changed mm. and this became some kind of weird test case for, you know, COVID-19 era film releasing. Yes. Um, it decide Disney decided that they were going to use this film as a test case for various things. Yes. And none of them worked. No, that was a um, silly decision. Yes. So, you know, let's uh, let's rewind to the other timeline, I suppose, where <laughs> things didn't go so badly this year. Yeah. This was supposed to have come out in early summer sort mm -hmm. of release for them. Like, their kind of big summer blockbuster kickoff movie. And mm -hmm. then... You know, everything that you all know happened has now happened. Yeah. Um, there have been complications um, this year. Yes, there's, there's been some complications, some spanners in the works. Yeah. And obviously the release was postponed initially by some months and then at a certain point kind of indefinitely. And they were just kicking this can down the road to the point where it's like, we don't know when cinemas are coming back, but when they do, this film will be Disney's big relaunch for like our cinematic offering. Um, you know, when 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 it, everything's safe, you'll all come back and you'll all come back to see this film because it's one you've all been looking forward to. Uh, and then obviously that didn't happen. Um, nothing is safe, uh, so they decided to turn it instead into an experiment, a weird, weird, weird experiment in kind of commercial release models. Yeah. Whereby they put it on Disney Plus exclusively, but under this weird premier access label mm. where you have to, on top of the subscription fee you're already paying, <laughs> um, pay an additional $30 or the equivalent. For us, it was 20 British pounds, um, and yeah, they. I guess they just thought they would see how that went. Yeah, and I can um, see why. I can see one reason why that f might have felt like a good idea, because if you've paid twenty pounds to see this film, that's the only reason I can think of why you'd sit through all of it. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, yes, that that that. Uh, that does work as a valid Yeah, that or you're making a podcast about it. <laughs> Those are the two reasons to actually tolerate hey, this I'll whole film. <laughs> but yeah, um, suffice it to say, that model does not look like it worked. <laughs> um, Falero says, always wanted to pay a Mulan license. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now's your chance. Of, now's your chance, and maybe your only chance. Yeah. Um, you have a very small window of time in which to pay this Mulan license because in a month or two, probably, it will just be free on or included in the Disney Plus price. Is that, and then, is that an official thing? I'm fairly sure it is. Uh, I'm fairly sure it is, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it will just be added to the regular rotation. Yeah. And then... Um, it should be. Then, it certainly should be. Yes. Uh, and then... The next big movie they said they're going to release straight to Disney Plus because of the ongoing situation is uh, Pixar's Soul. Mm -hmm. And 
they have very pointedly not said anything <laughs> in that announcement about premier access which makes me think right. that that's not going to happen again uh, yes um like look to some degree i was sympathetic is the wrong word mm -hmm. but understanding mm -hmm. of why they tried that out yeah because it's like look this was a big expensive movie that you know obviously the, the the question about releasing a film like this straight to streaming or even straight to uh, dvd you know well physical media or whatever straight to home release i should say is yeah sure you can recoup some money by doing that because yeah you'll you know, you'll sell Blu-rays, you'll sell mm -hmm. Disney Plus subscriptions or whatever. But, you know, when they made this film, they budgeted around the fact that, yeah, they were going to make that money anyway when yeah. they eventually released it on home media yeah, yeah. three, four months later. But only after they had, they would have made a literal billion dollars yeah. on its uh, theatrical run. So I understand why they'd be like, okay, well, we're... We are functionally down literally a billion dollars on this film. And it's not like we've been releasing any other films in all those cinemas that aren't open mm. to make up for the mm. fact that we didn't make the billion dollars on this one. It's not like any of our parks are thriving right now either. So I understand why they thought they would claw some money back on this yeah. through some kind of premium home access, you know, home release yeah. type um model as did loads of other films during this period uh whether they were films that went straight streaming like you know scoob or trolls world tour or what have you or those films that were just about in the cinemas when everything kicked off mm. and were only in the cinemas for like two three weeks before their legs were cut off uh so a lot of films tried a similar model where it's like okay well we'll release it straight to um straight to some kind of like uh, yeah. pvod release but we'll charge like a special premium on it because you know people will understand that it's mm. like this isn't this isn't the sort of the the official home release this is a special early access home release yeah. because you know we wanted you know we, we wanted this to be in the cinema the problem with from disney's perspective is they were trying to do this very very shortly after they had just launched a brand new streaming service mm. that whose entire purpose was to be the exclusive new home of all disney streaming stuff that's what it is it's not designed as a storefront no. it's designed as a netflix that's the thing when when you've got other films able to go oh well we'll sell this through xyz channel that ha that is set yeah. up for that sort of business model Disney didn't have the option to do that because it would feel no. like like those of us like I think I would feel even understanding the context of it I think I would feel like well I've just paid the because because I, I paid for a whole year of Disney it was like fifty something yeah. quid yeah same so did I yeah and now I'm being told that that isn't the contains everything so yeah I can I could there, there was a dilemma there yeah yeah and but that that doesn't get around the fact that the solution they tried to come up with that they did come up with to solve this problem is awful yeah. for everybody. And from the if the numbers are anything to go by, everyone voted with their wallets on this mm. and did not pay that money in sufficient quantities for them to kind of properly save face on it yeah. or 
for it to really even be worth seemingly for it to even be worth them trying the experiment even a second time yeah um See, what's, which... what's really strange about it to me is that they went with such a high number like i do understand genuinely i do understand they've got a lot of money to recoup but like yeah why didn't they go with the price of an actual cinema ticket like that's 30 dollars or 20 quid that is above the price of an average cinema ticket it that includes popcorn and everything and you're already having to provide that yourself at home <laughs> well i think they're going by the fact that this is a family movie mm-hmm. that they won't recoup that money if they charge just the price of one cinema ticket oh yes oh yes buys it for them and their two three children or whatever mm. then you know then they're down on it yeah. so i think they wanted to charge a price that'd be like well let's charge the cost of like two cinema tickets mm. and then at least that's somewhat reflective of the fact that multiple people who we would have wanted to pay full cinema price for this will be presumably sitting down and watching this on a single payment that ex- so that i get does it explain it yeah i get it but i get it from their perspective mm. I don't get what, how that was good for us. Yeah. Given that we're already paying five pounds a month for this, or or whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. It's I forgot for a minute there that it's also the five whatever pounds it is, as well as the thirty, the uh, twenty. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's and, a lot. You know. Uh, and actually, this actually, it's worth saying this as well that like. Whereas someone else might have got, like, let's say it came out on, I don't know, Amazon. I've never actually streamed anything from Amazon, so I don't know how it works. But, like, yeah. a lot of people have that set up already. For some, yeah. th- this plan, for this plan to work, oh, I bet they'll all pay 20 quid or $30 or whatever. It's, there's a big hurdle in the way, which is you have to okay. sign up in the first place, which costs money. Yeah. I mean, I think they were hoping that, like, Basically, all of the kind of the families that they thought were going to be their core, core audience yeah. for this film, that well, they'll have already got Disney Plus, and they'll already they'll have already got Disney Plus. Frankly, sort of in that way that people <clears throat> like you and I will have Disney Plus, yeah. which is that well, obviously, I'm going to have that. Yeah. Well, and um, I think I think their core audience does have that. Um, yeah. But that 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 set of people doesn't approach the ticket sales they thought they would have got. If this had been no. in the cinema, no. Um, I mean, maybe it would have if all of those people had been convinced mm. that, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so desperate to see Mulan now. Yeah, that I'm going to go and pay. I'm going to go and pay cinema prices, but without any of the benefit yes. of the cinema experience. Yeah. I'm going to pay cinema prices to get the streaming experience, and. When I know that the streaming experience is coming anyway yeah. in three or four months, that was the bit that didn't make any sense. Yeah. And I wouldn't have paid for this if we hadn't, for some reason, launched a Disney podcast some years ago. Yeah. Um, and but... I, I was perfectly happy to wait a little while, but no. Jan's <laughs> literally knocking on my door going, Dave! This literally happened. <laughs> Dave, let's do a Milan episode! <laughs> to be fair... That is literally true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't open the door. I'm shielding. He didn't. <laughs> he wasn't trying to get in. He'd arrived to give me some groceries, and this is what we talked about. Either side of the door. I don't want to yeah, besmirch yeah. Jahan and make him look like a COVID denier. <laughs> yeah, no. N- nor did I turn up like at the bottom of your balcony, no. like in streetcar named Desire, and yeah. just 
start screaming that we need to do a Mulan episode for twenty pounds. Um, but yeah, it's oh, we should have charged twenty quid to listen to this episode. <laughs> We're experimenting with a bold new release model. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we didn't do that, and they shouldn't have done that. No. And don't think they'll do it again. And if they did, not with this. Like this, I, no. this was a cut. There were people in the world who were really looking forward to this, but like not not on the start a whole new business model level. No, I mean, look, I don't think if they had had the choice of film to pick to do this mm. with that they necessarily would have chosen well, this I, either. But... I honestly, I think they did because I think Soul is the right film. Like, it's the next Pixar. It's the next Pixar. Yeah. There's not a family in the world who wouldn't pay for that. And like, but, yeah. Well, actually, but, actually, it, maybe not Soul because I've already seen and I've felt this a bit. People going like, "Is this the year for another sad Pixar film about death?" Um, <laughs> which no, we haven't yeah. seen much of. But it's pretty obvious they're gonna go for the big crying moments or not. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe onwards. So that made it to cinema yet? Oh no, it had, hadn't it? Just it had. It had just about. Um... But yeah, I just think they got and they ended up being stuck with this mm. film as the one that had to be the canary. In the I, coal mine. I'll just say this the before we move on because I don't know where to put this in the podcast, and and it looks like we've we've come up to it. I think Hamilton was the one. There, it's it's the Hamil the the filmed version of Hamilton feels to me completely native to the idea of charging people more than they would usually spend on a film. Maybe, but I think that would have been pretty niche. And I think that yeah, maybe. Fact, I mean that we've already had people talking about Hamilton no. in the chat here a little bit, and I think with Ham Hamilton they tried a different experiment, a different, better experiment. From you know, like yeah, ultimately that was probably not that expensive to acquire, and probably wasn't going to be a blockbuster it mm. wasn't going to be a billion dollar movie no that's the thing I, I keep forgetting they're trying to make a billion dollars which is that's a stupid i i hope if one if if i i hope one thing changes about cinema as a result of covid and only one thing and it's that they yeah i like it when they make films that are going to make absolutely loads of money but i don't like it when that's the whole like it the business model depends on that yeah yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that gives us good films. I mean, no. I mean, look. <laughs> Should we get into it a little bit? Yeah, and I'm and I've got a little bridging question, which is like, can you figure out who, if everything had gone well and this film had gone down well, who would it have gone down well for? Children? Well, adults. That's a very complicated question. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of at the heart of. It, it, it's it's a question that's so complicated that I can't start with it. Who should have enjoyed this film? Because we didn't. We didn't. I don't we think did not. I don't personally. We'll we'll get into this deeper, but I personally don't think it has very much in it that children would enjoy. Certainly doesn't have very mm. much in it grown-ups would enjoy. And I guess the outlying market that also is involved in this one is China, and I don't think they'd be much into it. And indeed, they were not. They were not. Um, that was one of the things that I was saying when I'm talking about this being a movie that 
failed in everything it was trying to do. Yeah. One of the big things it was obviously trying to do is like, we know that China already kind of by cultural osmosis kind of really likes our version of Mulan now, even though Oh, is that right? Yeah, to some well, to some degree. It's yeah. like it does have a cultural penetration in China. It wasn't a big deal at the time, mm. but that was kind of part it sort of felt in a lot of ways that that was as much to do with vagaries and weirdness about the ways that, the way it was released back in 19... Right. I was going to say 1998. 1999, ultimately, is when it came out in China. Right. Because um, back then, I mean, China still has restrictions on how many overseas films play in its cinemas per period or per year or whatever. But back then, it, they were even more stringent and even more limited. Mm. Like, you there was only a handful of like Western films that got right. Chinese cinematic releases, mm -hmm. and it took them a lot of wrangling to get Mulan to be one of them. And by the time they did, it was like 1999, like a year after it'd come out in America. So everyone had, you know, everyone in China had pirated it. So it didn't really do anything at that point. But my, I have a strong perception that it has dripped into their culture. Yeah, they like, they do. Even though it isn't, you know, the original is an Americanized version. Yeah, yeah. But it's one, in a big way. it's one that they appreciate and like aspects of. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Part of my here in Britain, we enjoyed Austin Powers, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's it. I part of my um, baggage slash qualifications on this film, I suppose I should, I should state, like as you may be able to see. I am an Asian. <laughs> this is why we've pivoted to video, you see. Um, oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry, hang on. Got to take that. Sorry, it's my hands. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry, that was just my hands ringing. Um, I'm... I am completely unqualified to talk about the cultural uh, side of this. And uh, I've just been informed that... Uh, yeah, this is that that side of things is going to be completely carried by Jahan uh, in this video. I mean, <laughs> I and now look, I am on paper really qualified to talk about this, but in reality, less qualified than my qualifications would suggest. Sure, but more qualified than than me though. Sure, like my mum is Chinese Malaysian, so I have. Chinese culture in my family. I also did an MA mm. in Chinese. Um, and lived there. And lived there for a year. But you wouldn't know it from what I still retain. <laughs> well, but, no, but sure. But I have done legwork, mm -hmm. even though I have not made brilliant use of it. Um, but, you know, I know some things. And I relate to something, yeah. basically. Um, and the, I suppose the relevant, the part of that that's relevant to what we were just talking about is when I was in China, um, you know, I studied at a Chinese university for a year, and there was a point where we were all involved in, it was like a kind of a talent competition or something like that. Like people were all doing performances and doing you know, whatever they choose to do, like whether it's playing the piano on stage or like, yeah. I don't know, doing some backflips or whatever. I, I, I haven't just made that up. One of my friends did some backflips. Um, <laughs> and like, but we, 
wandered into like a rehearsal session for one of these uh, for for this thing and were just watching some of the chinese students there rehearsing for this talent show and i would say like i know it felt like at least three or four of them were singing reflection (laughs) oh for it like which kind of must have been embarrassing for them to some degree. you know it's like when you when when you all turn up to to, to a fancy dress party all wearing the same thing or whatever it's like yeah like well, it depends on the it depends on your personality type. If I turned up to a fancy dress party in the same costume as say three other people, I'd form a group with those people, and that's true, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's different if you're at a talent com- uh, you're you're at a talent competition, yeah. and three of the other people are demonstrating the exact talent yeah. you have, especially the, exact, the exact precise one. Especially <laughs> especially if you didn't know beforehand. Again, I do think yeah. if the if I had yeah if I'd showed up and we were all singing the same song, I'd try and arrange a four part harmony version instead, and then yeah. win, and then we'd win. Um, See, that's your approach. That'd be the best approach. My fear is that if you got there and did that, your immediate instinct would be to try and out Aguilera each other. Mm, yeah, and then yeah. that would become an unlistenable cacophony this is very my, this is this is something i've been criticized for doing time and again when i'm i'm <laughs> often out aguilaring people and it's <laughs> it's unfair and it's arrogant yeah so i don't, it is. i try not to do that anymore that's why that's why i do the voice that i do when i sing now as, as like yeah. a sort of you know middle-aged man who has heard of songs <laughs> yeah 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 your because your natural speaking voice that you keep hidden yeah. Is that of Christina Aguilera? Yeah, in full trill. Like that's how I talk yeah. conversationally. But my online persona is this: is this spluttering yeah, you... <laughs> mess? <laughs> but you have to keep that hidden, much yeah. like a Chinese woman has to keep her chi hidden in order to not be. <laughs> yes, that is a famous, famous cultural thing about China. Actually, yes, I'm glad it, they it, included it, it that. Sure, it surely is. It surely is. Um... Yeah. In fact, it's that's so they they the whole culture keeps that thing hidden. In fact, that's yeah, how yeah, that's how ingrained it is. It's almost as if it's not real at all. So, um, Mulan twenty twenty. <laughs> China likes the original. Yeah. They did not like this. Um, no. It was it, even though cinemas in China are open, it didn't oh. do well there. Right. Um, it kind of flopped. Partly due to a variety of cultural controversies that may, we may touch on, but mm. at, at least in passing. Yeah. But we won't go massively deep into because, frankly, they're not that fun to talk about. But yeah. they are relevant to certain aspects of this film. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yep. Oh yeah, no, don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No problem. Yeah. Sorry, they were just reminding me uh, not to express an opinion about that thing that she said. <laughs> uh, because it's way too big and complicated uh, for me personally to comment on at all. And I've heard explanations of, on either side as to why it's bad or fine. So I just... will. I think we can describe it when it's yes. relevant. But we will just describe it and <laughs> we will leave judgment calls up to people with broader sociopolitical yeah. uh, education. It is what, not what, it is not the problem 
that that's not what's wrong with this film. That is not what's wrong with this film. <laughs> and from my viewing experience, it was not what was primarily wrong with her. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. So luckily, the film the film supplies plenty of other things for us to discuss. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll add 2020. Uh, China didn't like it. America didn't pay to see it. And we didn't like it. So, I don't know where to start with this exactly. <laughs> no. um, here's where we start. Did you watch the original again? Uh, yes, after watching the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, explain. We talked about this a little bit through your door the other day. But maybe go a little bit into what your perceptions of the older movie okay. are, and <clears throat> therefore what your expectations were for this going into it. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, my my personal relationship with the with the older film is that it was actually um, it came out like you know just as I was exiting my uh, the time of my life when I was the most laser focused on Disney films, um, yeah. and I can't I've never quite been able to tell whether that was purely because I aged out a little bit. I mean, obviously never fully aged out, because here we are. Or if it was because the films were not quite so memorable for a little while. But, um, I think I've, it's a bit of both. Uh, it, yeah. Now, I've never had anything against Mulan uh, at all. But also, I've never been particularly uh, into it. Um, yeah. I couldn't really remember it very well. And um, to the point where when we rewatched the uh, original... Or original. When we rewatched the Disney animated original... Uh, yeah. which was today, I it came as a surprise how many things from the remake were references to it. I hadn't got those references mm. a lot of the time. Some of them I did, but most of them I didn't. And um, so that's where I am on it. I had a respect for it, but it wasn't one that I thought was particularly uh, good. My expectations for the new film, um, just based on the little bits that I'd gleaned either from the advertising or just from uh, the way people talked about it, and some of just assumption, is that I assumed what they were doing was um, essentially taking the cartoon out of it and making mm. a quite serious, certainly more historical-leaning version of the film wh whose primary function was to respect the culture this time. Yeah, I think that's accurate um, or to a point, like... The only part I would disagree with, I suppose, is I don't... I didn't expect that what they'd be aiming for was historical accuracy so to speak but more to kind of take it out of the direction of as you say a cartoon well yes in fact i mean i'm pretty sure this isn't a historical story is it it's not true is it not no no, no. i don't believe so. um or if or if it is it's from so long ago that nobody knows but um it's what i thought they would do was to make a film that looked like it was a true yeah, historical yeah. story that really happened so you know yes we're taking out the little dragon and I thought that that would be the d the direction for the whole thing. Make it look like it really yeah. could have happened, and this is what it would be. Yeah, that's it. Like <clears throat> I, yeah, I thought they would take that out and push it more in the direction of, well, you know, uh, the the tr like Chinese martial arts wuxia, uh, you know, kind of like historical martial arts epic cinema, mm. um, in the style of like a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or a Hero, or House of Flying Daggers. Now that's it, that's interesting because that's further than I was thinking they would take it. I I thought that there wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't imagine there would be much martial arts in it until I saw that there definitely was going to be. I I was imagining something yeah. a lot more swords and armor 
uh, based. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like those films aren't. I mean, like how like uh, Crouching Tiger and Dragon is obviously on the um, martial artsier end of that scale, yes. but that genre encompasses quite a mm. wide variety of combat-based yeah. epic stuff like that. That's more just kung fu based. And then you've got you know like stuff like I don't know Red Cliff, I suppose, or Heathcliff. Yeah. <laughs> What's it, what was it called? And the Cadillac Curse Cats. <laughs> Curse of the Golden Flower. Well, I can't remember. Like, um, it was... So, yeah, that that type of film, anyway. Yeah. Um, and basically that they would be making one of those, but for kids. Hmm. For kids and something that would play to global family audiences who hadn't seen that kind of film before yeah. and would introduce them to that genre of movie while still serving as a kind of, as a satisfying, in, you know, entry in that genre for Chinese audiences yes. who are familiar with that and who would appreciate the idea of like, oh, cool, like Disney, who did a animated version of this story that we do now like, are now tweaking that into a genre we're now more familiar with in a style that's more authentic to our school of filmmaking. Yes. And... I was on board with that mm. as a concept, oh. very on board, to be honest, like, um, quite apart from anything else, because with the original film, the stuff about it that is the most cartoony is the stuff that weakens it the most. Because mm. um, yeah. I really like the original movie. Like, like you, again, it came out a little bit after I was... You know, uh, tapering off being a Disney kid. Mm -hmm. um, but I still watched it, I still liked it, and I always enjoy seeing it. But the, and, and you know, right up to the last time I watched it, the parts that I like the most, especially now, are the parts that are just the sincere yeah. adventure parts and the, the parts that are just about this girl's story as she goes from being a village girl with no particular kind of ability but who puts herself in this very dangerous situation in order to to save her family and save her father yeah. and ends up embroiled in this kind of big adventure to save china and coming into her own all that that part of of the 98 film really like it i really like everything in mulan that's to do with that the parts that i don't like are the parts where they were like yeah but will kids like that mm. and if not what can we throw in there for the kids? Just and what they threw in there was parts of other films. <laughs> just know? like Hunchback again. They had a problem exactly with that, didn't they? Exactly like Hunchback. Yeah. Exactly like Hunchback. Um, it doesn't suffer... F well, no, it suffers both more and less for it than Hunchback does. It suffers less in terms of the the cartoon... The, you know, well, let's name the elephant in the, in the room. The Eddie Murphy dragon. Yes. Um, he is less jarring and less damaging to the substance of what this film is than was the Jason Alexander Gargoyle <laughs> in Hunchback. Uh -huh. But he's also in it much more. I feel, and in fact, like, I don't know, Dave, do you know whether anyone has ever done this with Hunchback? Just, has anyone done a version where they just edit the Gargoyles out? Oh, what, just like a fan edit of the film itself? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the, no, not that I know. I'm sure someone has, or at least attempted it. Um, yeah. The one I go to is that that is what they did for the stage version. Right, yeah. But I mean, obviously, that's like a, you know, that's a readaptation mm. of the material. My point is, with Hunchback, I feel like they're so inessential to mm. that film that you literally could <laughs> edit them out of the existing animated movie. I don't think anyone would really notice. No, would they? probably not. No, the only, um, the only thing that if you did that is you would lose what would have been good introspective scenes with Quasimodo himself on his own, just thinking, and you might go, oh, there's some connective tissue missing here, but you wouldn't miss, you wouldn't be missing the gargoyles themselves. Like, edit them out and replace them with just, like, a static shot of nothing yeah. in Garfield minus Garfield yes. style. Um because that would work that, well. Yeah. That really well. And well, no, um, replace them with static gargoyles that aren't animated. That would be I brilliant. Thought, I thought we were going to say with a static Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> with just like static, like TV static, but also like Garfield somehow. Like, <laughs> like to see him is to go mad. Yeah, like <laughs> it's static. But if you stare at it long enough, <laughs> the face of Garfield <laughs> emerges yeah. through it. Yeah, replace the gargoyles with that. No, you're right. That would make for a much... No, that would literally make for a better film than the version <laughs> with the Jason Alexander gargoyles. I'm sorry, it would. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point is that you can take them out of Hunchback. You films. can take... <laughs> the gargoyles out of Hunchback, I'm not sure now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can give um, us Garfield and some static. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> what was I saying? I don't yeah. know. Mushu is more centrally written into, yeah. into Mulan yes. to its detriment, is my point. Yeah. Um, so that's what I don't like about it. And. That is where I saw a great opportunity here to do this story more seriously. Um, and it, so that's it. Like, with a lot of these remakes, even on paper, you can't understand the point of them. Mm. Like, I think we can all agree that the Beauty and the Beast remake, leaving aside what we thought of it, on paper, if you describe what that film is on paper, even then... It's not a sales pitch, is it? Hmm. It's not anything. It's just like, hey, it's Beauty and the Beast again. You know? And look, that, that needn't necessarily be... That needn't necessarily kill the film. Like, if you describe the Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie on paper for what it is, it sounds like nothing. But hey, you know, we, we continue to defend that film well, because it sounds, it's good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like nothing unless there's one particular thing you, you find fascinating or that you want to see and i think this is what lion king was sold on as well which is like yeah what if that cartoon which in those days even though you know you uh, you and i would argue it didn't need to be but in those days there's no way we could have made that in live action well now we can so what if it was imagine that yeah. but real the difference is that with mulan they've decided to take out anything that you that didn't already like was perfectly imaginable as real so, so yeah. they've they've gone like imagine if the normal humans in that film were real, and that's not enticing enough for this film. No, no, it's not. But it could yeah. have been on, like on yeah. paper, 
on paper, I like what this is. Mm -hmm. Like, on yeah. paper, I like the idea of taking the Disney version of Mulan, yeah. translating it into this, you know, bigger, bolder, yeah. kind of boldier, like, action-focused like thing. Like, epic. The, like, an yeah. epic uh, film. Like, I'm almost imagining that, you know, the perfect version of this would be epic, like the old Roadshow movies, you know, like a really mm -hmm. wide screen and really big and IMAX-y and... And the but that isn't the sort of film they made. They just made one of their usual stupid sorts of films, <laughs> with with some great landscape shots. Yeah, and you know, like that. And I wonder if that stuff is part of why this film ended up seemingly getting decent reviews. Mm. Because bear in mind, most of those reviews came from people who saw a screening uh, of this film. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In cinemas in that month just before it everything shut down but when they were already trying to get the hype rolling for this yeah so a lot of the critics actually saw this in cinemas where it's obviously supposed to be seen and i wonder if there's something more transporting about it when you actually see it on the big screen because look one of the things that i will give it is that it is photographed handsomely okay i don't sure. i don't i don't I won't go as far as to say well-directed for reasons we'll come to, but some of the, the the landscapes, the kind of like, the big, wide sort of like sh compositions, I mean, to be honest, all the composition is very nice, I think. They get some of that, they get across some of that aspect that they try to capture and and do capture in the in the 98 film as well, where mm. it's like they're trying to emulate the Chi the traditional Chinese art uh, conceit of having people be very small in the frame and be dwarfed by the size of the landscape. Mm -hmm. They do that to pretty good effect at times. And, you know, there's some really, really nice photography of the various uh, scenery and settings. The production design is as lavish as you would expect for disney for a film of this budget and scale and you know it's colorful with caveats that again i'll come to um so i don't know maybe there's some aspect of this that on the big screen comes across as like yeah. oh you know this is a visual extravaganza i am having a nice time being swept away in the uh, lovely landscapes let's not just you know let's not think too hard about what's just off frame and those landscapes at least not the ones in xinjiang province but like i don't know i don't know whether that helped um the reception initially Maybe. because watched watched at home the impact of that is muted mm. and all you have to focus on is the rest of it yeah um and the rest of it is a load of crap yeah <laughs> um, it's rubbish it's a rubbish it's rubbish film. it's a it's yeah okay right let's just dig into it yeah. let's dig into this rubbish film yeah because okay I, I was i was almost relieved it was rubbish because okay so my what i did before we watched this was i wasn't i didn't want to read spoilers right so i didn't but, but when it came out it was the discourse and so i was interested in it and yeah. i made myself a little rule which is i am allowed to read reviews of this film but only the ones yeah. by at least what i perceive to be Chinese writers stroke reviewers, right? Not in, yeah. I mean, in writing in English, right? That's what I was going to ask you about yeah. because, I, again, that, that'll touch on an issue that we're coming that we will come to later. Do you yeah. mean Chinese or do you mean Chinese? Do you mean Asian diaspora writers? 
because that was a very different perspective. Okay, right. Well, basically, mm -hmm. I just... What I did was I went looking for reviews, and based on the name of the writer, I either read it or didn't. And um, so I thought, going in, that I was going to have a really hard time talking about this one because, you know, they mostly just talked about how culturally wrong it was and yes. how cross they were about it. And yeah. so I thought, oh, this is not my lane. But I'm delighted to say it's just an awful film as well. <laughs> so you are qualified to talk about that. I can talk about that side, yeah. It's rubbish. Oh, talk about that. What was most rubbish about this film? Okay, so, um, and, and, and it's brought really sharply into relief by watching the original version. Sure is, isn't it? <laughs> because in the, c comparing those two, the remake is full of stuff that turns out to be like, here's that bit from the original film. Except without any meaning or reason. Because in the original film, the reason yeah. someone said this was tied in always with two or three yeah. previous story beats that led this character to here. Um, here's a, like, yeah, it, it makes sense that this would be discussed in this point in the story or somebody would be upset about this happening because of the other stuff we've yeah. set up about them. Because, you know, they're recognisably human characters. They're recognisably human characters. So the original Mulan, it is replete with its own problems. But a problem it doesn't have is storytelling. In the, yes. in the in the broad sense, it's very nicely cl clicked together. All the pieces fit mm -hmm, to take you mm -hmm. on the journey and to stop you off at all the places you need to get to along the way. This new version stops you off at those places without with the flimsiest justification, so that the whole time you're going, mm -hmm. "What's the point of this?" And the main problem, the main reason this happens, is because they've opted not to bother with the characters from the film. And no, it, it has a number of characters in it, and and I don't even just mean in in a way where like you know I have my criticisms about, for instance, the live action remake version of Gaston, and and regular listeners are going to hear those criticisms. Um, yes. This isn't that. This is literally they've decided not to have the characters from the film in it, and so they've just come up with some other people. And my hands are going to ring quietly as I say this, but at various points in watching the the remake film. I thought, this doesn't seem like they're being fair about Chinese culture. This is painting Chinese culture in an ugly light. And I found out watching the original film that that's because they took attitudes that were very clearly of a character. of Not just one character. Various characters have various uh, opinions and approaches and yeah. perspectives in the original film, yeah. which the new film gives to china or just culture or just like yeah. the people around mulan in general and so yeah. when you know when that horrible little toady assistant of the of the emperor is like a woman women will never be worth anything the like culture in the remake thinks yeah that. yeah yeah and, and i think what they've done there is they've well i don't know why they decide to do that it's definitely worse filmmaking yes it is yeah we're told like so many of the stakes set against Mulan as a character in terms of like, yeah, like you say, the cultural attitude she's up against. Instead of them being like meaningfully embodied mm. through character, she's just told in dialogue all the time yeah. by people who don't necessarily embody those traits yeah. at all because they don't embody any traits. Yeah. But yeah, but everyone hates you as a woman as a woman, you yeah. won't be allowed to do anything. I don't say that because I'm a 
I'm a blank slab of wood. <laughs> but if I was a human, yeah. if I was if I was a Chinese human, yeah, then I'd be saying that. And that's to the you. thing. And that's, the film is that's what people like us think. But that's exactly, yeah, it comes across as that's what people like us think. And in the context of yeah. this film, which is, you know, and I don't know to what extent they may have done it in partnership with any Chinese anything, but they were like, in the context of this film, it is basically presenting to generally a white Western audience, here's China. And so a lot of that is, it feels like you're being introduced to China. And I did feel in the first sort of half hour of the film, yeah. really uncomfortable about what I was supposed to believe it's like there or was like there in this yeah. semi-historical semi-made-up period all the way through there was these constant references to here's what people think or here's or like and and smaller things as well like when they were like here's how here's how china of this era it does makeup on women and it's stupid and you're like steady on hang on that's a bit straw man isn't it <laughs> i mean look I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that different from like when you when a lot of film, you know, period-based films mm. critique the, the conservative. Uh, no, sure, yeah. Like I'm just thinking, like very, very recently, I watched that in Ola Holmes on Netflix. Uh, you know. The, oh yeah. The, yeah, and that's chock full of stuff about mm. like, oh, you know, this is how the Victorian Britons treated women, and yeah, yeah. you know. Here's the bit where she's got to go to a horrible finishing school and mm. look at all the individuality being drummed out of her, all these people telling her, oh, a woman should just be, you know, yeah. bouncing books on her head or whatever, and here's, here's, look at this corset, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's that. Yeah. But, and that's what they yeah, and that's what they're going for, and it's beat for beat that. I think I would have... It, honestly, if someone... I would have had a completely different response to that whole bit if someone had told me beforehand, the people who made this are Chinese, instead of what actually happened, which is they told me they weren't. And so yeah. I was sort of going, steady on. I, this, I don't yeah. know if this is accurate or not, but it paints an ugly picture, so I want a seal yeah. of approval on it. I want, to, I want to read the thing that says, yeah, we... The Chinese people think <laughs> that this is fine, and, and 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 because I didn't have that, yeah, my my hands were ringing. I mean, look, it's it's a it's a flat, cliched mm. caricature of you know old Chinese patriarchal values. Yeah, and it is what it is. But what it is is badly drawn yeah, and is. badly etched, and not competently told through character mm. yeah whereas so in the original one it is it's all yes. so competently told there's a lot of well i mean it's almost a boring old cliche now that's so much film crit on youtube and podcast but all that show don't tell it's yeah. right there in the original film everything mm -hmm. how many times during the remake did something happen and then you got a close-up of a character just giving you the keyword version of what just happened like like the bit like Oh, damn it. I thought I could remember some examples then, but I can't. But there would be stuff like where the camera would pan past something and then it would cut someone saying, that's bad. And you'd go like, yeah. I know. Right. I'm going to get into that a little bit. Because, yeah, I, I, do, have, I mm. do have the receipts on this one to a certain degree. Like, so, okay. This film, mm. you're talking about the moments. Right. The moments of the 98 Mulan movie. Yeah. I think if you think of the 1998 Mulan film, 
a bunch of moments will spring to your yeah. mind of like those are like the bits of that film that are like the emotional lodestones of it like you know let's say the the avalanche scene mm -hmm. or the you know the, the 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 where you know in the in the finale where she's finally facing off against shan yu and she uses the fan to redirect the sword or the you know the, the the departure scene where she cuts her hair and she dons the armor and she looks at herself in in her reflection and all that stuff like all of these moments that are sort of like the emotionally kind of like the emotional foundation blocks of the entire story the bits where it's like these are this is the meat of the storytelling these bits these are the pillars around which the entire film is constructed it's absolutely staggering that this film doesn't have any of them in it. No. Like, it just doesn't do no. them. The biggest like, it... the, the biggest one for me, which I didn't remember, but now I think it is one of the moments I'm always going to remember, is that in the original version, there's quite a lot of time between finding out what's going to happen to the dad that he's got to go to be in the war and he can't because he's too old and stuff, yeah. and her doing it for him. And all of those moments... Between yeah. those two things are emotional moments that you feel yep. and you get. And the best one is when she's sat on her own, a distance away from the house, and she can see in silhouette yep. through a window in the house and something like something that's exquisitely balanced between a tearful farewell and an argument between yeah. her parents about what's about to happen. And you can't hear a word they're saying, but the yep. whole thing is communicated through the just looking at it. And then the silhouette. Yeah. And then you see her realize that i can do something about this and it's yeah. hard and i'm scared of it but i can and then you get the whole thing of her going through the motions of like of like getting the armor striding purposefully yes. forward taking the swords uh, severing her hair looking at herself in the, her reflection before she does it it's stormy outside you see her physically change herself definitely it's the most important bit destiny and yeah destiny and taking control of your life in this tumultuous moment of decision. Yeah. And even if you hadn't seen the Disney's version of Milan, you could imagine that that scene happens because the, the, the getting the clothes on and all, the cutting the hair and all that, because the whole thing about the film, if you just reduce it to one thing, it's that this girl disguises herself as a male soldier. So you've yeah. got to have... You've got to have <laughs> a scene where she does that. <laughs> And it's yeah. got to be a moment... Wouldn't you think that? <laughs> and it's got to be a nail-biting moment. It's got to be a catch-your-breath yeah. emotional moment. And this yeah. film... did it, it just doesn't even have it in the film, like, It just got to it, doesn't it? It's like... It goes straight from the scene where she's watching her dad try to practice with his sword, yeah. and it's very clear that he's well too injured at this stage yeah. to competently do it. He leaves the room. Yep. Cut to her now she's fully in armor, right? She's wearing the armor and is leaving. Yep. And she's off. It it's so weird. If it's a really long film. So it's yeah. like it's like two two uh, not two just hours, not two but hours. it's just yeah. So like what Which input now, whenever you make any film you, you cut a lot. So presumably a lot got cut out. It was going to be even longer than that if they'd used yeah. everything they were going to use. But, like, 
They must have filmed something. They must have had an idea how to do that scene because it's the most, it's the main scene. It's the most important it, scene. It's like cutting the ballroom scene out of Beauty and the Beast and just cutting straight to, yeah, they're in love now. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like cutting, it's jumping over the whole relationship. I can't believe they did that. And like, no. when I watched it, I, I knew something was missing, like, but I couldn't remember explicitly what it is in the original film that was missing. But I knew that a, a more elaborate getting dressed scene, as it were, was missing. Yes. But I couldn't have told you exactly what that was. But I knew that there needed to be something there because I didn't care about it. Yeah. And when, then when I watched the original version, I'm going to be calling it the original version. It's not the original version of Milan, it's an ancient story, but... When I watched the original version, you, you don't need to qualify that that's... in the same way. You don't, in the same way that when we talked about Cinderella, <laughs> when you said the original, we assumed you didn't mean <laughs> the, the one written in eight, you know, yeah. seventeen, whatever. Well, it's not just there in the original. It's genuinely emotionally engaging and moving and effective. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't, Beauty and the Beast is better than this. Because yes, Beauty and the Beast did those bits, even it though it did them badly. It screwed, yeah, it screwed them up. Yeah. But it, d it does attempt yeah. to do them. The effect is of a not really better film, but the attempt was definitely better than this oh, attempt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100, 100%. Yeah. Another example that is less pivotal from a, you know, point of the whole, mm -hmm. whole point of the movie yeah. perspective, but dramatically is almost more confusing the raided village oh my god right yeah, yeah. You, like i could just say that yeah and you know what i'm talking about yeah look guys if you haven't seen it i will describe it <sighs> yeah like so in the original movie yeah they after their training they mobilize and they're all on the road, marching along, and it's a happy sort of scene because they're all out there and, you know, they're all like from Mulan's perspective, like she's going to go out there and, you know, she's already kind of proved herself at this stage and she's, you know, they're, they're going out to do the thing finally and they're singing, they're singing one of the songs, they're singing a girl worth fighting for and it's a jolly old song. Yeah. They're getting their they're getting their mood up. They're dum dum yep. dum dum. We're actually quite yep. good at this. Yeah. <coughs> and then the song stops dead. Yeah. Like halfway it cuts through in the middle line. of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Because they get to the village that they're supposed to be going to, and it's just gone. Yeah. It's a complete. It's a smouldering ruin. No one says anything. They're all just looking around in abject horror because this whole place has been burned to the ground. Everyone is obviously dead. And there's just, you know, like, it, it's it's just this, it's such a jar, it, it's like this really effective emotional jarring moment yeah. from kind of like jolly military camaraderie to, oh, right, yeah, okay, this is what we're up against. And double underlined and accentuated by two things, the motif of the child's doll mm -hmm. that, um, that, the original movie villain Shan Yu had retrieved from the village, you know, that his scouts had retrieved from the village and he'd very ominously said, like, you know, 
the little girl who who this doll belongs to will be missing it. We're going to go and return it to her. And you know what that means at the time. And then they find the doll on the ground, you know, underlining the fact that, yeah, he's been through and he's killed men, women and children here. No one's been left alive. And, and the captain, Li Shang, he, the, the, commanding like the commanding officer of the regiment who were they were supposed to be meeting with at this small village is his dad yeah and they're looking around for his dad and li shang's like crap right we need to find my father and then they crest over a hill just bodies of Mm. soldiers and then one of the other soldiers hands him his dad's helmet yeah and it's a great scene. Yeah, he has a little really funeral. Good. He puts the sword in the floor, puts the helmet on that, has a little funeral for him, and then goes right yeah. and gets straight back into it. And you feel yeah. that he's put like the way he's putting that aside to get the job done is an emotional moment as well. When I yeah. saw that, because I'd forgotten it, yeah, I couldn't believe that they just opted not to bother with any of it Nothing. at all. There Nothing. is, there's no personal connection at all. They didn't yeah. replace it with another. It's the weirdest thing is that that's not like dated, so they didn't have to replace Ooh. it because oh, we don't do that these days. Like <laughs> we don't do emotional scenes in films anymore. Yeah, it's so weird. So they don't know. They do pass a, a ransacked village, and it, and you can mm-hmm. tell it's the bit. Yeah, but you don't. That you've had no connection to it. You haven't been told who's in there. Is in the original, yeah. as Jahan said, it's set up with the doll. You know, all you know, and this is all you need to know, is there's one child living there. You can assume the rest, but even if you don't, yeah. you just know there's one child, and now you know the, the fate of that child. So that's enough. But then yeah. also, th- so that's not in the new version. There's no, not just family connection, nothing. There's no connection oh. between the people who find the place and the people who previously lived in the place before they were killed. There's nothing, and they've decided to do nothing. It's so yeah. baffling yeah. that they would choose to do this stuff. And they they just cut straight to it yeah. from another scene. Oh yeah, there's not. They don't. You don't have that brilliant setup switch moment where oh, oh this is all right actually. Ah, you don't have that. <laughs> I've nope. made it sound stupid with that <laughs> pantomime, but. <laughs> They don't. They don't even do it. Stupid. The whole village is dead. <laughs> that yeah. It's just. It's just the next scene. Oh, here's yeah. a, here's a village. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Guess they're all dead. Yeah. Also, the village looks like crap. Like it just looks rubbish. It's like it. It looks like it's all CG, and I don't know if it is. Uh, yeah. Oh, it... I spent the whole film not knowing. Uh, yeah, I never knew what was CG and what was real, and I never felt that anything was real. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. This styles itself after one of those. What's the real word for it? One of those wirework films where, Wuxia. It styles yeah. itself after those. But when I've seen those, and I've not seen many, but when I've seen them, the reality of what's happening in them is like part of the feeling of it you can you can go like oh wow someone really did that that's impressive or or like that must have been difficult to do on film or whatever and this film nothing ever feels like it's fully no. real even down to like some faces just because of the way the film is processed and like <laughs> and like was it the emperor there was one character in it who even though i've no reason to actually think this is the case just always looked dubbed to me 
I think it was the Emperor. <laughs> what, Jet Li? Yeah, I think so. It kept zooming in on him and there was just some disconnect between... the. Uh, maybe it was because he was sitting so still or something, but like, yeah, maybe. he really, really looked dubbed to me. And I think by that point, I was just sort of... I knew that I couldn't believe the reality of anything in the film. No. Like, I, I mean, I don't know why that village looked as fake as it did. It looked like a scene from 300 mm. to me. Yeah. That. Um, but the literal drawing of a village that they did in the animated film looked more real than yeah. this set or whatever it was in this film. And you say no emotional connection, no lead in, no consequence to it of any kind. No. But like you say, all of it's like that. Everything about this film yeah. looks really fake and feels really fake. Even though they had a, a, a style sheet to copy from. They could have yeah. gone, like, oh, we could do with a... Like, the big, nice character. He would have been... Oh, here's the biggest one. Where was the cool grandma? Why on earth didn't right. they yeah. do the cool yeah. grandma? That's the yeah. e probably the easiest aspect to the original Mulan to do. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, yeah, she's got this wicked grandma who's really cool and she's yeah. funny. There's yeah. definitely... You could easily do that with any number of recognisable Asian actors. And, yeah, exactly. And they've... They, it's really weird that they didn't. China has cool grandmothers. It's... Cast, yeah. cast my grandmother. My grandmother's cool. This is the thing. Yes. <laughs> I struggle to think of a culture that doesn't. And yeah, like, right? It, that's a, not only is it, but there's something, okay, there's something about grandmothers that when you present them in any check out this culture film makes them feel like the heart and soul of that culture. But also, if you're not of that culture, reminds you of your grandmother and you can completely lock into what you're supposed to be. Like, they are a magic password that can yeah. make white people connect with any culture <laughs> and, and like it's really weird that they didn't take that open like goal and just do such an easy character why didn't they do it why isn't the grandmother in it there could have been a little bit of humanity to that opening half hour or however long it is yeah even of which there is none <laughs> there's no i was sure that just the presence of Keiko O'Brien would have pushed me over to being like, hey, the people in this town. And they didn't. Yeah. To be fair, they they did her they did Rosalind Chow about as dirty as they did when they gave her stuff to do as Keiko O'Brien. <laughs> yep. Like, why is she cursed to play these nagging, horrible women? <laughs> I like, don't know. Over and up, like it's like even in Deep Space Nine, where none of the other characters are are badly written like she is, and she's just this one. What's the opposite of an oasis? <laughs> A blur. Where it's just the one horrible spot in the middle of a verdant, lovely forest. <laughs> uh, she's the. Cr I don't know. I don't know what the opposite is, but like. Yeah. And I, and despite that, I never had any problem with Rosalind Chow because it's like, she, you know, like, why couldn't they have given her something to do? So when I saw her in the trailer for this film, I, I was felt like, hey, maybe, yeah. maybe she'll, maybe she'll do something. I was really excited that she was going to be in it. That 
I was that was it. That was the moment where I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch this then. There's someone yeah. I recognise, and as it turns out, there's plenty of people I recognise. Yeah, there's just there's just no good performances in the film because they're all no. prevented from giving them. No, like the closest anyone gets is um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name because it's not spelled in like. He doesn't transliterate it in the way that I'm familiar with, yeah. but I'm going to go with Tsuma, okay. who is the dad. Um, right, yeah, yeah. He is, he is the closest to a good performance. Yes. Um, weighed down by the fact that if you have recently watched the original film or just know it very well or are about to watch it as I was, the contrast between those two characters is absolutely gigantic and makes the live-action yes. one just look like a horrible bollock compared to the brilliant lovely dad in the animated version yeah yeah oh absolutely top tier disney dad yes the original one he's so good that guy he's so such a lovely man and 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 that ties back into what i was talking about before where like yes there are people in the film who think that mulan shouldn't behave certain ways do certain things step into roles that she doesn't belong in um but the dad is supportive in a way that yeah. completely feels natural within the culture that he's in, and, it yeah, do- yeah. and it not, it's not like crazy old Maurice. It's yeah. he fits in the culture where he is, but also he supports his daughter, and the two don't clash because yeah. it's not a weird caricature of like what white people think ancient China is, and like. Yeah. This oh my word, he's so much better in the animated version. And even when he specific things he says, like the moment when he says, Know your place. In this yeah. film came off as a oh, a typical we expected this horrible dad who won't let the daughter live her life. Yeah. In the original one, it's completely contextualized by what's going on, by his embarrassment, by like his just all the stuff that's happening at the time. It completely yeah, justifies yeah. itself. Yeah. And, and the film also tells us in a different way. Like, this film says, oh, she'll overcome this because he's wrong. And the original film says, like, he he wishes he didn't have to be like this. And yeah. now... that the, the They're, whole, in, this, they're in, an, in an impossible yes, situation, all of them. This world is fizzing with the anticipation of Mulan about to do something to fix this. Whereas in the remake, it's just like, yeah, he's horrible like everyone is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's why I say, of them, he comes closest yes. Yes. to a decent performance. Yes, yeah. despite all of um, that, he pushes his best performance as far as he can towards the camera, and it's just yeah. the film that's holding him and everyone else back. Did you think anyone else was approaching okay? No. I'm trying I don't to think. think so. No, I mean, did I? I don't think so. I can't remember. Not that I can remember. No, I mean, I'm just like running, like, all of the kind of the military bodies are bland, no... Completely bland interchangeable. Things. They're yeah. totally interchangeable. It doesn't matter who they are. No. It no, doesn't matter the who they are, which is really weird. Because in the original film, they managed to strike a wonderful balance between it also kind of not really mattering who they are. Like, no, I, I don't care. I, don't, I didn't want a toy of any of them or anything. I didn't have a favourite one. But also, they were all completely, perfectly established individuals with their yeah. own traits, and you would you could guess what they would react to certain yes, things exactly. like. Whereas, in this version, they're just some unpleasant dudes 
Um, yeah. And there's one who's like a bit less unpleasant. And that's it. Yeah. I genuinely wish that one of, like, that they'd cast it all the same. Yep. Which one of them was Harvey Fierstein. Yes. Repla- reprising his role. Yes. Like, not, of course. not in Chinese getup. No, no. Just, we- just wearing whatever clothes he was wearing that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just there talking in his David voice. <laughs> Why did I just send my mother to Atlanta? <laughs> yeah. David! David! The, why? I mean, can you think of any film <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't be improved with that? <laughs> and like, honestly, it's, I've only, I can only think of two other films I've seen where they do do that. And it's... What, just put him in it? Yes, Mrs. Doubtfire right. and Independence Day. And both times, yes. yeah. that was the right thing to do because it did yeah. make the film better. And so I can't see any reason why that couldn't be expanded out to all films. Yeah, I agree. Like, look, I, uh, that's one of the things that I genuinely appreciate about the 1998 film. It gave Harvey Fierstein mm. finally mm. the chance to sing. <laughs> <laughs> like, not for long. Yeah. Like, this is no. Disney. The studio who thought it would be a good idea to give Danny DeVito an entire song. Gilbert Gottfried. And even... And Gilbert Gottfried an entire song, admittedly on director video. There is... There is the opportunity. And this... Is he still... Is Harvey Fierstein still alive? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So we still have the opportunity for Disney Plus to commission something... Whether it's an episode of something, a one-off special, or even just a music video, in which both Harvey Fierstein <laughs> as that guy, yeah, and Gilbert Gottfried as Iago, yeah, sing a duet. That can yes. still happen. It can still happen, and, and, and every window, second window that it closing. doesn't happen. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, especially, like, look, I didn't feel like Harvey got the full opportunity no. to really stretch his wings no. in the original. Like, he has a few lines in Girl Worth Fighting for, I haven't seen he... Mulan 2. Do they redress this in that, perhaps? I don't know. And no. I'm not watching Mulan 2. I think I am. Um, I think I might. I mean, it's there. I've already got it. I know it's there now. That's the problem. When we run out of these, we're going to have to start doing those. Sequences. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, in the meantime, the high watermark of his musical career is Say goodbye to those who knew me! <laughs> Which is, you know, it's like... There's no... Genuinely, though, there's nothing in this film that, that gives me as much enjoyment as that one line. Now, look, what I will say is that he's... On stage, he's been in Fiddler and yeah. he's been in Hairspray. So it could be that he has had... A satisfying singing career outside of, I mean, oh, and of course he sang Matchmaker in uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, so there was that as well. Um, <laughs> but that was again brief. Yeah, I need it. Yeah. I, I th- I'm going to check if he hasn't just got a whole album. Hang on, <laughs> because if I was him, right? Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Harvey Fierstein album, <laughs> uh, Mulan, 1998. No, I can't find evidence of him having just an album where he sings songs. So that's still to come from Harvey. But Disney. yeah, like you say, he's he's still alive. Still alive. Still, he could have done it already and just waiting to, 
you know, sh- drop it, you know, like shadow drop it on yes. like Beyonce does sometimes with her albums. Oh right, yeah. Or like, um, maybe he's got it. Maybe he's got. <laughs> maybe he's holding it back, and it's going to be his black star. Like when he knows he's got a week left. <laughs> his final legacy. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you? I would. I would. Because I his, would if I was him. His legacy is his voice. It is. Yeah, and to so be fair. that's what I would do. I would have an album put away. <laughs> Uh, Neurodolphin has just tweeted, just uh, messaged us. Hashtag release the Harvey cut, yeah. which they should. Yes, which they should. Yes, and in that, and what this is is it's, you know, it's JLA, except also in it is Harvey Fierstein, not <laughs> not dressed up like a superhero, just whatever clothes he happened to be in, singing. Yeah, just... the rest of it's not a musical. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, the rest, no, I know, in this, it is, in the, in the Firestein cut, it is. Yeah, um, oh, I oh, see. hello, gosh, your microphone just got incredibly loud, and I know why, it's because the plug has come out. The plug has come out. How about now? How Perfect and fixed. Better. Excellent. So, yeah, the disappointing lack of Harvey Firestein aside. Yeah. Yeah, no, all the, all the new military bodies suck, um... Whole bunch, whole bunch of actors who are good mm. and charismatic suck in this. Yeah. Like, Donnie Yen's really good. Has nothing to do in this whatsoever. Um, you're going to have he, to tell me in each of these cases who you're talking about, because I don't know any of their names. Right. He is, one of, he is one of the three characters that they introduced in this film for some reason to, the, to, to, to replace Li Shang. Um, why did they I do that? I don't know why they did. Right, okay. I know why they did the first. I know why they split him in two. Okay, please enlighten they, me. They didn't. They didn't want a dynamic where it felt like he was her commanding officer, but also in love with her or whatever. Right, because there's a there's power, a power dynamic problem there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Sure, that's fine. So. So they introduced a separate, you know, frankly, 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 that character being in love with her isn't even like enough of a thing in the original film that you'd lose anything by just not having it. No, I know. And it's, yeah, it's not a love story and it's not, there's no kiss and it's, do you know what I mean? It's fine. No. Yeah. I'm like, look, you've, you've probably, you've probably angered a subset of people by saying that, but because there's. There's quite like one of the big pushbacks against the removal of Li Shang yeah. was he's kind of become for some reason like a bisexual icon. Okay, because... but, but that's the thing though. That's the yeah. thing though. It, by all means, put in a bisexual version of him and be and that be the point. Um, sure, that would be fine. My, my argument is very much that look, you can if you want that to be your head cannon. Yeah, fine. Yeah, go ahead, have fun with it. I have seen the original Mulan very many times now, including a few days ago. I do not think it's supported by the text. I do not feel that there is any strong textual evidence to suggest that Li Shang is in love with Mulan while he still thinks he's a boy. No, uh, but whereas I, whereas I did get a sense of that in this film, where that guy yes. was being really friendly. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. This guy, the, the, yeah, because. 
yeah, we've split the character. Yeah. There's now a commanding officer guy. That's Donnie Yen. And then there's a new um, teammate mm. character, Hong Hui, who is the one who is her equal and is kind of in love with her. And he feels more bisexual than Li Shang ever did. Oh, way more. Way, um, way more. Within the confines of what, to, you know, to. To within, to within whatever degree anyone has a character in this film. Yes. He's bisexual. Yes, just purely based on the fact that the camera lingers on him smiling at... <laughs> at points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Donnie Yen, though, he is yeah. the new, like, friendly mentor commanding officer. Not to be confused with the separate drill instructor character. Right. Who I... I don't know why they did that. No. As well. You know how there's like two people in charge of the army now and like one of them is the one who shouts at them and the other one is the one who stays in the tent and says wise things. Yeah. Why did you feel why did they feel the need to split that character into three completely diffusing you know making the film flabbier and diffusing our relationship with any of them. Yeah, and why didn't they and if they there are, I can imagine, reasons to do that, and this film doesn't exhibit any of them. Um, you might have wanted, you might have felt that it would make more sense in the film if you had the one, if you kept the thing where the young commander was suddenly promoted, and then you might find that, well, okay, I could do with an older commander then, yeah, and a younger one, and also we're yeah. splitting him into two, so then there's the romantic one. Um, yeah, but they didn't do that. They're just three guys. <laughs> You could yeah. have you could have had oh in our version in this different like slightly more realistic version it would make more sense to us if a character like this had a relative in the village or his yeah. dad or brother or whatever is the guy who's killing the village but they didn't do that they didn't yeah. really do anything with no. the characters once they'd split them up so there's no yeah. way of guessing why they split them up no no none at all because they split them up into nothing into nothing into nothing yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a, a, a curious decision. Same as uh, same as with them. Not, and I don't know if the names line up or not. But the 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 decision not to include analogs of the the team member friends from the original film, that little core group of three or four guys, I didn't see represented except as here are three or four guys. Bantering and they down. were they like three of them did have the names of those right. three guys from. The original, but not that you'd know. No, they... You know, not that you'd, not that you'd know. Like, no. yeah, like the only thing that I noticed was that, like, there was one of them that she was a bit more bantering with, a bit more like, yeah. you know, when she gives the inspiring speech and is like, "Except for you, Yao, yeah, you're yeah. Um, hopefully you die or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's... And they all go, and you go, yeah, all right, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I get everything in this film five minutes before they stop telling me it. But that one, Yao is the Harvey Fierstein character, so you know the the, the short, angry one. Y- sure, so that I, okay, that kind of makes sense that it is. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, but not that you'd really notice. No, and I can't tell you which one was supposed to be the big, kindly, gentle giant one. No, nor which one was the thin one who gets his teeth smashed out all the time <laughs> uh, like i yeah no th- those characters just weren't in it and what replaced them was nothing yeah um 
Yeah, who else was bad in this? Uh, <laughs> um, Jet, Jet Li. Why, A, why was he the emperor? Yeah. Like, why would you cast Jet Li as the emperor? Why isn't he the drill sergeant guy or something? Yeah, I don't know. Like, because they have him do... Like, when he gets ambushed at the end, it kind of looks for a second like, oh, right here's yeah. where we're going to see why they cast Jet Li. He's going to do yeah. something. Oh, no. He's, no, he's no. not. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to stay tied up and say, like, oh, you should do stuff. And that's it. Yeah. No. What, the, what you just... The way you just said that is way too kindly <laughs> and paternal. Okay, way okay. Let me, let me take it again. <clears throat> you should do stuff. <laughs> because this version of the Emperor is a dick, right? I, d- I, did, I did fingers if you're listening to this on audio. <laughs> yes, Dude. he is. There's absolutely nothing that sets out the Emperor as the good guys in no. this. No, at all. In fact, an argument can be made that they're the bad guys. Because what we do get from the bad guys is a scene where they're, like, explaining what their thing is. And how, like, yeah, this guy, you know, I can't even remember now. Did he take their land? He certainly killed his dad or whatever. killed his dad or whatever. I think he took their land as well. And while, but but the, the most important thing about that scene, and it's just one scene you get in the enemy camp. You don't get to see them a lot. But in it, one of his, one of his, like, subordinates goes, like, oh, I'm, I think this. And he goes, no, 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 all right, in that case, we'll do this. And he, like, negotiates with him, and they shake on it. He, he yeah. said, oh, I know. He said, oh, I know. He goes, like, I'm going to give you all, there'll be lots of treasure. And his guy goes, uh, yeah. I, we're nomads. What, we can't carry much treasure. And he goes, all right, then, yeah. revenge. And then they shake yeah. on that. And yeah. what we get from that is that, it, contrary to what we've just seen of the good emperor is that yeah. this one allows his subordinates to talk to him. Yeah. He, like, the, the soldier had to have his head on the face on the ground, and he does speak up, and everyone's like, whoa, you're talking to the emperor? So that's already set up. This emperor is worse. And the, yeah. the bad guy will shake your hand if you yeah. disagree with him. He's cool! Yeah. And, he, and so, like, given the two of them, like, yes, he then destroys that village, but we didn't care about that village. It doesn't matter. about the village, yeah, yeah. So all we know is that there are these two fierce leaders, one of whom's cool with his guys and the other one isn't, and that's the good guy? And, and, more, even more crucially, yeah. you have no reason to believe anything other than that this horrible society yeah. that we're... That we're kind of told, especially in this version of the film, yeah. is you know there's these horrible attitudes that permeate throughout this yeah. version of society. Presumably, all come from him ultimately. Yeah, and he never does anything to show himself to be anything other than a very fierce autocratic leader mm. who kind of doesn't he doesn't come across as warm. He doesn't no. come across as paternal. No. He just comes across as. This is my empire, and yeah. no one will stand against me. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like, yeah. okay, why, why we, def- why are we supporting her yeah. to help this guy again? Yeah, least not, least not because of the fact, because of another very very crucial change to the way that the film is written compared to the ninety eight film. This one presumably in some attempt to kind of play more to what they perceive kind of a mainland Chinese audience will respond to. Yeah. They make Mulan's 
motivation to go and rescue and save the emperor much more explicitly nationalistic mm. like it's much more a case of my duty and you know like she comes round to this perspective of my duty and my place is to serve the emperor and to yeah. serve the you know to, to, to kind of uphold my i know my place yep. she says yep yeah she says it and, i know and, yeah and she constantly says she'd rather die than set a foot out of that she she's always asking people to execute her yeah, for right? various reasons when whenever she stepped out of line she's like okay please kill me i really want my head cutting off but let me just deliver this information that will like save china I know, and yeah. then kill me, please, please, please yeah. because yeah. I have sinned. And you're like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I agree. I I a hundred percent agree to yeah. the terms that your society yeah. is setting out. I agree so much that I will die to demonstrate my compliance yes. with your standards. And my ultimate victory is that I will show through repeated dogged determination that I am one of the good ones. <laughs> Yeah, and like, and, and that look just just the, I know I don't I I'm trying not to wring my hands too much, but to describe some of the hand wringing that I wrung while I was watching it, I found something a bit coded about those like certainly again, but mostly in that first half hour where it was like, hey, like here's here's China, everyone, we've invented this, and this is China, but there's one good one, and she's Mulan, and like she's like you. <laughs> And that that felt really weird in this film. She's like you to start with, <laughs> to start with. Yeah, yeah. And her journey is to ultimately kind of become. It's like that whole bloody thing in the in the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. Yep. Where where the happy ending is that she achieves the full maximum expression yep. of her quirky, free spirited individuality, which is to become a privateer for the East India Company. Yeah. It's that level of baffling thematic dissonance. <laughs> I didn't understand how you could possibly come to that conclusion. And yeah, it and like that scene where she's like, oh yeah, I know my place. I know, you know, I need to serve the emperor or whatever. That line, that scene is specifically addressed to the, this new secondary villain character the 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 witch mm. who is this character right, who the is witch. there yeah as an anal there to kind of be a second like counterpoint to this idea of like this culture is very unfair towards women yeah. women who demonstrate too much chi or whatever too much um, go on say talk about the chi we've got to at least mention it haven't we i i can't go into it too much no. because it's not it's not that complicated no Qi is a real concept in traditional Chinese, like medicine, spirituality, and like martial arts practice. It, 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 you know, it's a. My mum's a Tai Chi instructor, so yes, again, I have qualification. You know, yeah. I have second-hand qualification. Wait, how can she be? She's a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. But it's like it's you know it, it's a way of conceptualizing energy flow through the body yeah. and like. You know, that's where the concept of pressure points comes from. It's like, you know, the acupuncture points on the body are designed to be like these nexus points of like the energy flow through your body. And that's, you know, that's where you target the needles to sort of 
unblock it or whatever. And, you know, like, obviously, in, I suppose, more standardized Western medical terms, like, you know, those will be like key nerve junctions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, it's just kind of a different way of conceptualizing that. Right. What it is not is the force. The force, yeah. And look, to be fair, to some degree, um, the force is inspired by Chi. Sure, very yeah. Very clearly. Yeah. But they're not the same. They're not the same the thing. The same literal it's, thing. No, and it's not. And the thing is, the force in this is like the... It's the Metachlorian's force, in a way. It's like... It's, yes. the, it's the one where, like, it's not something that flows through all of us. It's, it's some wizards have it in this. Yeah. And yeah. they have yeah. to be yeah. men because... Yeah. Although, well, they don't have to be... Women have it in the film, yeah. but they're not allowed to have it by culture because yeah. because they're not, and that's yeah. what's so weird about it. Because I yeah. I don't know, and I didn't go in knowing, but it was pretty clear to me that that's not from Chinese culture, and that like that's not true, right? That that that's not how it works. That women <laughs> can't have chi. Right? I have look look again. Despite, despite my master's degree, <laughs> I, I am not, I'm not an expert. Okay, sure. But yeah. I can tell you, right? I've never heard anything like that. No, ever, either through my studies or my literal family. Right. So let me also like defer then to the people who gave me this impression, which were the the couple of reviews that I did see from Chinese people who were very adamant that no. Not no to this. It isn't real. And so what's what's so weird about that? It's weird in two ways. One is weird in the old-fashioned way that we might have let them get away with if they'd done it in the nineties, where they just like don't care, and it's it just it's just fine to them to do that. Okay, that's one way. The other way is that this film was pretty, like pretty plainly made to appeal to a Chinese audience, and 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 as a sort of like statement of like working together or something like i got that impression maybe that was just an impression i got but it was no, one. That, i think that i think that's the intention yeah look you can you can and martial art you know especially kind of um more over the top martial mm -hmm. arts films mm -hmm. can conceptualize chi in a more magical sense yeah that's not that's not completely alien and it's not completely just made up or whatever like you can do that you no, can but when you put plenty of when you put these rules on it that yeah, aren't those it. rules are not the rules they they won't they would not come across and did not come across as natural or feeling like they come from an actual understanding of how the principle of no. chi works in chinese martial arts medicine or culture and it's difficult it's to just... figure out where like what it feels as if one of or many of the points in the film were made as a necessity to bolster other things they felt they had to do. So, like, we need a Mulan who is doesn't know her place, and so we need to establish a world where it's not okay for a woman to X, Y, Z. And for some yeah. reason, what they went with was magical martial arts rather than just the the basic like down to earth concept from the animated original which is join the, the army. original story <laughs> it should, yeah sure yeah but which is just 
join the army. Like, it yeah. makes total sense that they wouldn't let a woman be on the front line of an army at that time period. Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes more conceptual sense than changing that, which is what you already had, to, like, no, we have arbitrary restrictions on, like, innate magical ability that we put on people. I mean, yeah. uh, one of the one of the things I saw, and you've, I'm sure you've either seen or, or seen the existence of this, was this um, this young woman who's started a YouTube channel just for one video, which is her saying, no, we're not like this, and here are the here are the cultural problems yeah. with this film. One of the things that she said, and of course I haven't fact-checked this, so I don't know how accurate she is, but one of the things she said is that there is no, like, exact equivalent in Chinese culture of what they're trying to describe here as witch. The, uh, a woman has magic and therefore will be you know, whatever burned at the stake, whatever uh, outcome there is. Not yeah, that no. that isn't a thing. And so to make it that the whole concern now is that is not that oh she might be found out having sneaked into an army, which yeah. is uh, immediately intuitive. What would be wrong with that? To change yeah. it to be like no, she might be found out and thought to be a magical witch and will therefore like, be ostracized. Like in Frozen. <laughs> like in Frozen. That she says that she says they made her into Asian Elsa, and. Yeah. To make it so much a part of the film that they have to invent out of whole cloth a witch character yeah. who is the opposite of that and is the your we're alike you and I character and who then yeah. kind of does turn out to be like, yes, they are alike. And so many, like, that's a tangle of what came first that meant the rest of it had to be there. Yeah. Because it's all yeah. stupid. They Well, look, I don't know anything about the ballad. Uh, is there a witch in that? Is that... Have they got no, that not, from not, like again? I don't know it either, but I've I've not heard anyone mm. ever say that this is a thing that they've that, added that in witch from character, the original yeah. story. Yeah, no. So it's, to all the best of my knowledge, brand new bullshit. That they so weird that they invented this nonsense when it it and isn't it's su such Western nonsense. Such as well. Western nonsense. Such yeah. Western when what they like it would have made sense to me if these were all like attempts clumsy attempts at translating into live action something from the animated original and they're not yeah like look they they have not researched this carefully it's no it clear. no it feels like they haven't at all someone in the i can't even remember who it was because it's scrolled off now but yeah someone in the in the chat um oh no yeah it was iwashi 94 says wasn't the writer just some white american who went to china for research i'd heard that as well i think again from this same video frankly could where, be i mean that, there's four credited writers four credited writers yeah, of whom Asian, but no like, i don't know what research they did. well I, I don't think it was the writer the, the version that i heard was that the costume designer um had some had some kind of credits uh or had some kind of done some sort of study in like historical asian uh outfit and then for this went to china and did a little tour to get a feel for the place um and you know the the point that the lady in the video was making was that like well there are costume designers who wouldn't have had to do any of that because they are themselves chinese and know it yeah. um and yes. you could have hired them um it there's so much in it that f feels like that that just feels like just couldn't you have either done more research or found someone who already knew. And Want another example? Yes, please. So, at the beginning of the film, she, um... When the young Mulan is chasing the chicken round and 
smashing things and generally being quite unsympathetically like a hellion <laughs> uh, to, to, to my eyes anyway uh one of the statues she breaks is like a, a phoenix oh yes statue. she's apologizing to her dad about like oh you know sorry i broke i broke the phoenix statue and he's like yeah. you know the phoenix is you know the phoenix dies in flame and you know is reborn so i think it can handle a broken wing or whatever that is not what chinese phoenixes do so that's just western phoenixes and they've that's just, just that's oh, yeah the, the, the chinese phoenixes a very different concept they don't they don't be on fire and be reborn there all right with the same name and chinese ones don't do that okay so let me just let me just <laughs> i'll just wring my biggest hand and get it wrung out okay because which is your biggest hand uh it's this one i'm about to show you uh, we've, we've just been watching um hollywood the netflix series hollywood um which right. I, I thought have you seen hollywood no i heard not brilliant things mm. about oh it. i liked it i liked it what i thought it was going to be was a uh a gritty film about the 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 1930s or 40s or whenever it is and all the hollywood. prejudices that and all there. the prejudices that are in there what it turns out to be and this is a, a minor spoiler but it's more of a tonal spoiler is I think it, it's the premise, really, so I think it's fine. Well, is that it turns out to be a... It's not actually historically accurate at all. It's, it's like, a what-if, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if things had turned out like this? Anyway, one of the... And it includes some actual real-life characters, and, and one of them is Anna Mae Wong, who uh, is, in real life, considered to be the first Chinese-American Hollywood movie star. And in this series... The, her whole arc throughout the thing is that she is an example of someone who was essentially forced for her whole career to play characters that are like just playing up racial stereotypes and it's the only way that she's allowed in. And, and of course her story ends up that she's allowed to be a real character in something and she gets an award and stuff like that. And that as, uh, Certainly I don't think the award bit happened in real life or at least not in the way it does in the series. Yeah. So, it's, so it's kind of sad at the same time. Um, and having just watched this and then to see all these today genuine Chinese-American actors or whatever having to do this stuff like talk about phoenixes rising from the flames and I don't know how much of it is all wrong but it just kind of reminded me of that. It was all like, couldn't they have asked any of these brilliant people they've got in the room if this is any good? And just like, find out that way that it isn't. There we go, I've rung it. That's that's all rung no, out now. That's fine. I agree. I like... Right. Here's a complicated point that I want to make. Okay. I suppose, at this stage. To some degree, right? Hmm. This film is kind of positioned as this is like, or should have, or you know, it's positioned like it should have been the Asian Black Panther. Yes, you know, yes, yeah. Like this is the festival of representation mm. of a traditionally un underrepresented mm. demographic, where it's like, oh, finally these get to see themselves on screen, and you know, it's a big celebration in that regard, and it's like. You know, here's a group that really they don't get to tell their own stories normally. And finally, finally, here, Disney have given them a budget and an opportunity to do so on the biggest scale possible. Yeah. And 
I find it difficult to see this in that regard, that it was ever going to be that, because it's China. <laughs> it's, it's China. Like, um, the group that is... This is why I asked you for to, before to give me that differentiation between whether you read responses from Asian diaspora people, or right. Chinese people, mainland Chinese people. Right. Because Asian diaspora people, they're the ones who are underrepresented. Right. They're the ones who are marginalized, you know, like children of immigrants and so forth. They're the ones who don't get their stories told on screen and, and who would therefore flock to a film like Crazy Rich Asians, say, which is a big celebration of specifically the Asian diaspora experience or, you know, like, I don't know, Lulu Wang's The Farewell, which is a very good film released last year. Um, they're the group that, you know, frankly, even just, just, just something like uh, the Bao, uh, the Pixar short, that's a film very much about like the Asian immigrant experience. Right. Mulan was not gonna be that. This is a film. This is a film set in mainland China, starring mainland Chinese cast, about a you know a, a story that's like native to mainland China, mostly known in mainland China, mostly told there and mostly of great cultural significance. Now, obviously, Asian diaspora people are going to respond to it in their own way as like, you know, a story from their uh, background culture and, and so forth. But mainly it's a mainland Chinese story. Right. And I just do not agree that mainland China is an underrepresented, underprivileged cultural entity that don't get the chance to tell their own stories. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do all the time. Like, China is not is not a minority. You know what I mean? In the same way that it is with Black Panther, say like Black Panther is definitely, definitely until cultural socioeconomic trends change dramatically over yeah. hundreds of years, the biggest film that you're ever going the, the biggest, grandest production you're ever gonna see starring like an all-black cast or whatever. Like or something like Moana, like, is going to be the biggest, like, scale and reach of story told about, like, a Polynesian, you know, like, South Pacific, South Pacific culture that you're ever going to see. In those regards, you can genuinely say that, like, Disney are kind of culturally more powerful than an entire culture there. <laughs> and so it's good for them to lend that, their platform to tell their story authentically. China? Not so much. China is the most economically powerful country in the world with a thriving film industry. Like, their film, like, Chinese domestic blockbusters now, like, you know, regularly rake in, like, seven, eight hundred million dollars in China alone. Like, they can make blockbusters on our scale now and they can tell their own stories about themselves and do hmm. that's why it was it was always a little bit confusing to me the argument that oh you know we we with with this film we lost a very rare opportunity to see chinese people 
get to tell the Mulan story in their own voices, in their own way. They do that all the time. Wasn't there, like, wasn't there like a big one last year or something? <laughs> Quite recently. There are there are three Chinese Mulan films released this year. <laughs> this year, all this year. Do you do you see what I'm saying yeah. here? Yeah. Like, it's why it struck me as weird to say what they right no who should have had an opportunity to tell this story i suppose is those asian diaspora people because a they don't get a chance b this is material they'd be much 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 more comfortable with than the people they actually hired to do it mm -hmm. they would have got it right they would have understood the culture behind it and it would have given them rare opportunity to kind of be to really take the lead on a film like this that otherwise we wouldn't get a chance to see but even then that would be an a you know an asian american retelling yeah. of mulan it wouldn't be the authentic mainland chinese retelling of mulan because if they had gone for that approach well what's the point yeah what you know like what what's the point of that it's like oh we made we made a Chinese movie with like, Film, you know, yeah. we made with Chinese cast, Chinese director, Chinese writer. It's like, yeah, China make those all the time. Yeah. What's, what, what's why, Disney's role in that? What's Disney's role in that? Yeah. So the way in which this film was going to be culturally valuable mm -hmm. or different in any way was always going to be because it's an outside of uh, interpretation of the story of Mulan. Right. That's the novelty. That's that's the impetus for it to exist. Yeah, you can make the argument that it should have it ought, especially this time, to have been a version of it told by Asian diaspora writers and directors. But it would always been an outsider version. Otherwise, what would have been the point of it? And I frankly think that that's why the um, the ninety eight movie dropped mainland China as interesting. Mm. It's like. Oh look, like Disney, like what, like premium Disney, like '90s top of their game, Walt Disney animation. Wow, they've taken a crack at Mulan. How how interesting is that? Oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like it's like seeing seeing their take on it. It's like seeing like I don't know. I suppose it's the same thing as like um, it's cool when um, Studio Ghibli did the Borrowers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like awesome. We've seen millions of uh, we've seen millions of like British productions and adaptations of the Borrowers. Now we're going to see it through a different cultural lens. That's awesome. You know, like I would have felt just as weird about like you know a British expat living in Japan being like, but when are white people going to do get to do a version of the Borrowers? Where you know <laughs> this, this is such an inauthentic version of the Borrowers. You know when. When are we going to see a real British version of this book? <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose but, I do, I mean, yeah. That, that's as weird as saying, oh, when are we going to see a Chinese adaptation right. of Mulan? It's all a bit when's International Men's Day right. to me. Okay, okay. Like, so, so the problem is then, you see, I think what it goes back to is that this film is a weird one to select to make at all. It's a weird one to put as the premium... Uh, the first of that premium model that they've tried. It's a weird one for them to uh, try and make... A... Basically, it kind of exposes the silliness of making all these live-action films anyway, because it just it makes it so clear that 
this one's been done. Mulan, Disney's Mulan, it, it's happened. That's why they needed to do something. They needed to do something fresh with it. Mm-hmm. They were right. They were right to think they should do something fresh with it. They should have done something good and something fresh good with, with it. it. Yeah. And some, something that was good and culturally interesting and significant. And yeah. yeah, you know what? I think if they had handed it to a bunch of Asian diaspora writers and so forth, that would have produced something that, that squared that circle between authentic enough to feel relatable and real and like recognize that you've got the story and themes basically right to the mainland Chinese audience who are very, very used to seeing this story told. Mm. But with that <clears throat> twist of like, Yes, but it is also something different, and it is your story through a different lens. Because that's the value here. It, the value here wasn't to just tell the story they, the way they would tell it. It's to tell the story the way we would tell it, but not the way, not the way idiots from <laughs> our, from from our country would tell it. The way that like smart people yeah. with like a really kind of like really cool alternative way into it would tell it and i think the highest chance of doing that would have been to hire people who have a knowledge of the culture but also a a different twist on it because mm-hmm. like you know one of the one of the most common like snappy critiques i've seen of this film is like it's like chinese takeout it, you know it's like not well, not even what chinese takeouts are like cuz those are usually run by actual chinese people like you know, like a, an American chef's mm. version of a Chinese dish, like a crappy microwave version of a Chinese dish, where it's like, yeah, the ingredients, but you're not, you don't know the recipe and you don't know the cooking techniques, and you know, it just, it just tastes like a wrong version of the mm. of the, the delicious Chinese dish that could have been made beautifully by a Chinese chef. But my argument here is, you also don't want to just hire a Chinese chef to make Chinese food and serve it back to China and be like, look, it's Chinese food made by a Chinese person. It's like, they'll be like... Aren't you glad you came to Disney for that? Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. What you want is creative, intelligent, skilled fusion cooking. I feel like what Disney can offer then, now that you've told me about that and like... And I didn't know there were three Mulan films. I'd heard there was one big one came out of China sometime in the last couple of years. Yeah. I didn't realise there were that many of them. And so the problem to me now is starting to be the concept of doing a quite realistic version of it at all. But then them them striking this silly balance that didn't work between everything's Mm. fairly realistic except some people are Jedi, notably Mulan... Now yep. I'm starting to think that the answer is to inject noticeable Disney magic into it by giving it to Asian diaspora people, but going like, and make it a fantasy. So like the yeah. fact that we had a, a little a talking Disney dragon. Style fantasy. Yeah. The fact that we had a talking dragon in the original, go as far as you can with that and we'll make it yeah. real and we'll make and we'll and we will completely steep it in like Asian imagery. And we'll leave that to you, what that is, but we'll pay for that. It'll be great. It'll look lovely. And loads of songs. <laughs> yeah, right. I want the songs. They, they like the songs over there as well. As and they I like them explained. here. I, th- I, I, I like 
But go on, no, you go well, on. Well, despite I all on. the stuff that I've, that I was saying earlier about how good the subtle storytelling and emotional stuff in it is, I'm pretty sure the most memorable thing about the Disney Mulan is the songs, and like specifically one of them, uh, you know, yeah. maybe two. God, the Be a Man song is really good, and I've spent a while not feeling that because, and I'll tell you why. Originally, I remember liking it, but thinking it was like weirdly trying to be cool and the other thing is that more recently it became a bit of a meme that one song yeah but when i watched it today god it's brilliant like not only is it so good it's so good (laughs) not just because the song is good written well and sung well but it is but also by harvey fierstein yeah yeah but also uh, genuinely i think they should just cut that bit out where the characters are singing stuff i think it's awful but um (laughs) but the sequence, the fact yeah. that story is being told in it brilliantly and, in a sense, wordlessly, in a way yeah. that a film, a live-action film, given as much free reign as it wants to have a script and actors doing stuff, failed to tell yeah. that same amount of story that that film told in visuals. It's yeah. brilliant moment. And it's one of the yeah. most... It, certainly in the West, it's one of the most famous moments in the film. Don't know what it's like over in China, but I bet they... It's one of, it's one of the best training montage sequences in in a film yep yeah it absolutely is and then you said earlier that there's that uh, reflections very popular over there great so they like that like we all like that stuff so to just not put them in and you'll hear me you'll hear both of us talk about this in the beauty and the beast episode like putting in musical references to those songs only highlights the hole that they are leaving behind yeah you know what's even worse than just leaving in a musical reference to something that reminds you of the hole that's left behind? Yes, I do. Putting no reference to it whatsoever. Whatsoever! <laughs> There's just nothing. Like, they've, they've not done anything to retain any aspect of make a, I'll Make a Man Out of You. No. Like... Okay, no, no, no. They include two things. Oh. They include the the line, right. we will make we will make men out of you, and yeah. also the line, you must be tranquil, tranquil as, a as a forest, but with on fire within. Fire as, within. Right, like that's a line you can say. Okay, that is worse again than not acknowledging the song because yeah. saying they did this a few times in the film where they would have people say something that is a line in a song and the one that sticks out is the one where they were saying like it doesn't matter what she looks like only what she cooks like and when it when those lines are quoted in this film they just sound horrible and misogynist and you don't like the people saying them in the original film even though they are the same lines and you can say that they are borderline misogynist if you like i think you'd have to be trying to be cross at them to really believe that because they are in the context they're quite nice and the people yeah. are like it's sort of they it's exposing weaknesses in the characters because they're trying to come up with this stuff to distract themselves from the fact that they're in a war and stuff it's nice it's a nice yeah. bit and it's part of that jolly sequence we were talking about before that's really really happy before the the mood twists to horror so like to quote those lines and misuse them and misrepresent them and just like yeah. ruin it I, you know how much I hate that in Phantom of the Opera, the movie. Yes. 
yes, when yes, they yes. just say, but at least there, the music is playing and it's in the place in the show where they would have said those lines. So the context remains the same. This film takes so many, not just lines from songs, but from dialogue, like Know Your Place. And mm-hmm. makes them horrible by removing them, by dragging and ripping the context off them, and replacing and and just either replacing it with something nasty or bad, or not replacing it, so it's just clumsy and badly done. The thing with the training montage as yeah. well, it's like it's not. It's an example of everything you just said. Yeah. Um. And with the additional twist there of like, it's not just a case of like. Uh, it just coming across badly because of misuse. It's like it's one of the examples of things that they've literally deliberately changed yeah. for something worse yeah. that makes the film worse. Yeah. Like, again, another one of the iconic the moments that you will just think of yeah. when you're thinking of the emotional journey of the story of Mulan. Mm-hmm. The scene where she uses the two coins yep. to shimmy up the pole. Yeah to get the arrow thus fulfilling the captain's challenge yeah now that's the story that is the that scene is the story of the 1998 movie it's the scene of like this is a girl who's come with no particular pre-existing skill Mm -hmm. in fact she's quite uncoordinated and clumsy Mm -hmm. but she joins this outfit who frankly are kind of screw-ups too yeah and they're all starting from zero, more or less, and given the same opportunity as any of them, she is able to match their level. Yeah, we, you know, without any judgment or handicaps or anything yeah. placed upon her for her gender, she keeps up with them. She learns at the same pace, exceeds them in various ways, and that's a great example of it. Yeah, because she is not attached to the same hypermasculine mm-hmm. way of thinking that her yeah. com- you know her colleagues are like you see when yao tries to tackle the challenge he he tries to rage his way up yeah. the pole essentially he tries to brute force it he's literally trying to claw his way up red faced with his teeth yeah biting it yeah whereas, whereas mulan is shown from the start to be a problem solver she's resourceful she's someone who thinks her way around situations and so she uses the two coins lashes them together and shimmies up the pole and retrieves the arrow, and that's the key turning point in in her uh, in her journey to go from like, you know, uh, you're unsuited, you know, you're unsuited for the rage of war, so go home, pack up your through to, yeah, like the point where it become, you know, he's she starts to convince him that you know what, actually no, maybe maybe this this guy quote unquote can do something. Um, just a little aside. That line about you're unsuited for the rage of war, go home, pack up, you're through. Great line. Completely shatters the, prince, the, the premise of the entire film, unfortunately. Um, in that that's what they would have just told her dad. <laughs> when he showed up with a completely busted leg. Ah, like, yeah. You, Fair if, point. If go, home, if go home, pack up, you're through is an option, mm. then, then, then everything was fine. <laughs> She she didn't need to do any of this. That's true, but I think that's an artifact of the of the montage uh, there in the song. It's just her. It's just another way of him saying, "Did they send me daughters?" It's just him ribbing them, kind of, in a song by itself. But then they do make, I think, the mistake of making that a directed moment. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we'll overlook that because it's but a great song. The rest of it, uh, apart from the bit yeah. where the other characters join in, which I also don't like. So there's the bits <laughs> I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but, but all that shimmying stuff happens silently in that song. Yeah. And it's yeah. brilliant. So, Dave, Hi. what happens in the remake instead of that? Honestly, can't remember. What does? Nothing? Don't know. What, what does? What does? Okay. So, remember how in both the original and the remake, she has those buckets of water that she needs to carry up the hill. I do now. Yes. And at first, she is not strong enough to do that. And by the end of the montage, now mm-hmm. she just is strong enough. <laughs> yeah. Because now she has become strong. Thank you, Mulan 2020. That's definitely an improved, equally textured, equally interesting way of approaching that aspect of the story. Mulan, in this version, is, in, is magic. Yes. And so, yes. she shows up with superpowers. Yes. And none of that training stuff matters. Nope. Because she's got powers anyway. She's yeah. But also, for some reason, there's this sub story of her going like, "Well, I can't show off my powers," even though yeah. the only reason that she couldn't show off her powers is if people think she's a woman, which they don't. So actually, no. so actually, she could. She could just yeah, be just, the strongest just, warrior. Just do it, but, uh, because know, in, yeah. because in this version, you don't need to train anymore. You just that you just measure your midichlorians, and if you're the best one, great, you're the best one. Yeah. Do you know who doesn't have magical superpowers that allow them to instantly excel in, a, in any male-dominated field, regardless of their effort, and be accepted by them as an exception to the rule, just because you happen to be one of the chosen ones with superpowers? Do you know who doesn't have those powers? Tell me who doesn't. All of the girls in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it just <laughs> renders the film pointless, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's... Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, well, do, you know who, do you know who in the film doesn't have those superpowers that render her able to bulldoze her way through the patriarchy as an exception, uh, completely apart from you know any of the rest of the rules that apply to all the other women in her society? Who's do that? Do you know who else doesn't? Who's that? Her newly added sister. Yeah. Yeah. Who's made up especially for this yeah. film, as if to accentuate the mm. difference. Between her, the chosen one, yeah. and the rest of the pleb girls yep. out there. And do you know what her outcome is, Dave? She just gets married to a man. <laughs> the matchmaker, the horror, the consistently across <laughs> all versions, ho- yeah. presented as horrible matchmaker, finds her a match yeah. in the traditional way, and she gets married in the traditional way because... That's what happens to all the girls yeah. who and are smart. And it is just there to show us, to let Mulan think, phew, it's a good job I was born magic. Yes. Otherwise, exactly. that would be my fate. But luckily yeah. it isn't, for I am of the elder blood. <laughs> yes! I have the chi. Yeah, I, I mean, we've literally just had a comment there from Sabita saying can we talk about how the ending in Mul- is Mulan literally upholding patriarchy I think we did talk about that didn't we I'm sure we that, did we, yeah, that we must have mustn't we yeah that it's an ex- kind of like sh- her motivation in kind of ends up at this point being basically almost entirely nationalistic Yeah. whereas in the original film she is offered like a high ranking administrator role 
in this film, and she turns it down to return to her family. Mm-hmm. In this film, she is offered an explicitly militaristic yeah. role for like an imperialist army like- and turns it down kind of only so that she can temporarily go home to apologize and make good with her family, at which point the army people all catch up with her and offer her the military job again. And at the conclusion of the film, it very, very, very much looks like she's actually going to take the job. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and Uh, all of that, by the way, it's kind of unconnected to your point and therefore spoiling it with one of my uh, point interruptions, but is another one of the bits in this film where they go on and on about how... Asian people are obsessed with honor and the keeping and the losing of it. And like yeah. the original film didn't do that. It covered no. it. It was in there, but it covered it by like they probably said the word honor as many times, but that was because there was a song about it. And in a song, you expect the same phrase to be repeated over and over again. So it softened yeah. that blow, as it were. And then apart from that, it was maybe twice mentioned in the rest of the film, one of which was a yeah. joke from Mushu. And so it didn't ha- like in that film all the stuff that was happening about like oh who's going to think what about this was tied to individuals with opinions um yeah. rather than s- sort of a, f- a family's honor in this horrible society that's going to cast everybody out if anyone's vaguely embarrassed about anything like look i'll tell you yeah. um my experience you know, family-wise and mm-hmm. everything with Asian and, you know, especially Chinese culture. You look, there is an honor thing, mm-hmm. like specifically the concept of face, like mm-hmm. saving sure. face. Yeah, but that's face. your personal experience because you've shamed your family so many times. <laughs> I mean, it's just how I am. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, well, no, that is, that, that's like a big deal. Yeah, like, sure. Like, people will do, you know, really contort themselves into knots to avoid you know to, to keep face mm-hmm. and avoid losing face it's a thing yeah. it is a thing sure so is the whole filial piety thing mm-hmm. so is the whole you know putting the needs of the family kind of above um kind of above your individual needs uh, you know a lot of the time but there is ways to write that yeah. That doesn't just sound like you did your research from fortune cookie yeah or klingons or something or Klingons. That's yeah. what it comes off as. It it really yeah. it makes it feel like semi magic, semi. It makes it sound alien, and it needn't yeah, it sound does. alien because the original film didn't. No, the original film, like I said, it felt a lot more like that fusion mm. that I think they mm. should have tried to go for in a different way this time. Like the original film was a nice, I think, blending of um, Eastern and Western values. Whereas this one, it feels like they're trying in a lot of ways to reach out and grasp Asian and traditional mainland Chinese values and bring them in more to a greater degree than they did in the original, Mm. but without understanding them Mm, and without knowing how to write them in a way that feels coherent or like um, authentic. While at the same time trying to knit in new western values like new more modern western values into it that weren't in the original film that really jar against the traditional chinese values that they're trying to put in here like at the same time as they're kind of ending up going very kind of like uh you know like nationalistic family honor stuff 
they're also making Mulan much more explicitly individualistic than I felt like she ever came across yeah, yeah. in the original film, where like her motivations kind of almost from the start are much more about self-actualization mm -hmm. and like damn it the world will respect me for who i am yeah then it ever kind of came across in the original where it just sort of felt like she was a misfit trying to do the right thing who finds herself and yeah. it's good that yeah. she finds herself she was a misfit who, un in contrast to bell she was a misfit who wanted to fit and yes yeah and and in this one she um, well, I mean, we said already the you know from there's various visual imagery that bolsters this idea of her as an individual, like her chasing the chicken and doing flips and flying in the air in the in when she's a little kid, uh, up yeah. to the bit where um one bit that that struck me as that was where she um <laughs> there's a bit where she's involved in the army right she's in the army and then she just randomly like leads a little group of people. To just randomly run after the bad guys, her, like herself and themselves, they all get yeah. killed and/or flee. So now it's just her, yeah. and she's like, "Well, I'll still do it." So she r rides off after the bad guys, just herself, which is stupid, whatever culture you're in. And then yeah. goes on a little spirit quest and ends up running back down the mountain to fight the entire bad guy army herself in a series of like close-up on her slow motion martial arts moves and stuff. Yeah, and having it, taken off all of her armor. Yeah, having taken her armor off? What yeah. on earth good is that supposed to do anyone? It's... It's a... Like, stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. And it's... For me, it, like, it fits in with a certain kind of type of modern, like, female self-empowerment story that I think, like, Disney in particular seem to like telling. Yeah. That I think is... It's. I understand what it's aiming for, mm -hmm. and I like, and it, you know, on paper, it's a good thing. It's aiming to kind of tell stories a little bit more that, because um, in the nineties, including the original Mulan, I think this, the prevailing sentiment back then about like female self empowerment was, women really just aren't given a chance, and they don't get to make anything of themselves, and. If you just give a girl a chance, she can she can do it just as good as the as the boys. He, he, you know, if not a bit better in her own way, and you know, if you just give her that, mm. and she'll 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 really she'll really show herself. Her her true colors will really come through. I think there's been a bit of an evolution in that sentiment over the last like twenty years or whatever. So now the story is more. It's taking the onus off the woman a little bit to have to prove herself and be more that, no, you know what? Women and girls, they're already great. They're already great. They're already fantastic and wonderful and full of life and vivacity and talent and all this stuff. And really, why should they have to prove anything to anyone? It's society that need to wise up and realize that the only reason that they're not able to self-actualize is because of the stupid social expectations that we're placing on them. So they don't need to, you know, like, you're okay, girl. You know, you can, you don't need to, you don't need to change for society. Society ought to change for you. And I understand where that sentiment comes from culturally i understand why that's a good message and an updated message that yeah i'd like to see 
told well in a movie. They often don't tell it very well, mm. though. And this film is a perfect example of that type of story being told badly. Yeah. Because it makes Mulan completely static. Mm. And it make it means that, yeah, like as as I've just said, she's just amazing from day one yeah. at everything. Yeah. She and the only thing she learns is to just be honest about how freaking great she is at everything. And yeah. it's there's not there's just not much of a journey there. It's not very exciting and it's not very it doesn't create it doesn't create empathy with me. No. The original one is one of it's one of the more relatable Disney heroines mm-hmm. because a lot of the other ones, including the good ones, are sort yeah. of thrust into some sort of magical situation that they're able to benefit from. Whereas this yeah. one, no, she's the, the whole situation is bad that she is in, but yeah. you, you watch her rise through it, and and you and can imagine really, that being done because she's really human, yeah, you know, and. This version of her isn't. So weird, isn't it? So How do they keep making live-action versions that are less really drawn and less relatable than cartoons? I think I thought the exact same thing was true of the Emma Watson Bell. Yes. Like again, and I think she can. You can fit her into that same template that I just described. Yep. Where there's some so much more of a sense in the Emma Watson Bell that you know what. She's just great. Mm. She is brilliant. Like, are we going to show all the ways in which she's an amazing, forward-thinking genius to the extent that we can kind of show her being a bit dickish and snobby about, like, the society around her? Because we're confident that you're going to agree with her. You're on her side, like, because she's so brilliant. And these people all suck. And it's up to them to kind of wise up and realize... What an absolute bloody gem of a per- of a human being they've got here, you know. And it's like we, she will not, no, 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 sir. We will not be showing her going on a journey and and learning things and growing as a person. She doesn't want to learn anything. It's everyone else's problem. Like, do you know what I mean yeah. about that sort yeah. of vibe and that kind of like? And again, I understand the gre- the really good intention behind the type of story they're trying yeah. to tell, but they're just not doing it well. No. And there is part, you know, maybe uh, exacerbated by the fact that they are um, grafting these dynamics into stories that were written around a, a, a very different type of journey yeah. and replacing it with something that's much more static and much less relatable like one of the things that i felt i don't know if you felt this but you know what the point where she reveals a true identity in this movie which yeah again you know if you look at it the way it's played out you know it, it exemplifies my point in the in the original film it's like uh oh crap she's been discovered mm. you know yeah. like you know the deception the deception has fallen apart oh no what's gonna happen now it's dramatic whereas in the new one it's like I'm ripping off my armor like on purpose because I'm I've just realized I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm just amazing. I don't need this armor. Yeah. I just go out there armor. and just my my dad's hard won armor. Yeah, I don't need this. I'll just go out there and kill everyone. Ah! Like <laughs> it's, um, you know. 
But apart from the weird tone of that, like, did you feel, oh, wow, we're doing this already? Mm, yeah, yeah. It, and yeah. even including now, as I think back on it, I yeah. just got this little jolt of surprise just now when I realized that, yeah, that's when she's revealed. Like, yeah. way back there. Yeah. But it's basically the same point that it happens in the original movie. You've not been on any journey with mm. that character. Yeah. Like, by the time that happens yes. in the 98 film, you've seen that character grow and you've been on, you like, you've seen her experience triumphs. You've seen her like, you feel like, oh, wow, yeah, we've, we've really been along some road with this mm. character. And oh, now, now her, 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 her ruse has been uncovered. What, what will happen now? Yeah. Whereas in this one, it's just like, yeah, you just left the training camp, whatever. Yeah. And that was nothing. Yeah. And now this is your first battle. Oh, and already, already yeah. the um, the disguise is gone. And it's not, yeah, and not gone because of circumstance, not gone because of what was happening in the story. She just took yeah. it off and she could have done that at any point. She could have, there's, yeah. at any arbitrary point in the film, she could, either before or after that scene, she could go, well, now I'm going to reveal myself and it would have had the same effect. Yeah. There's one thing I liked. Maybe there's one thing I liked in all of Mulan, right? Yes. And that was I quite liked the sort of the twist on the uh, Bible in the pocket moment where she was saved from death by her bindings catching a little dagger that was thrown at it. Oh, that was quite, that's quite good. You, you've set that binding thing up before. Now it's yeah. saved her. Okay, cool. Um, it's a little bit complicated in the metaphor, but okay. We Physically, yeah. it's, it's a neat little trick. But then, isn't that exactly when it leads to her going like, actually, I'm getting rid of all of this. I don't yeah. need armor now because I've used it once. That's that's the time <laughs> in this war I needed armor, so now I'll throw it away. Like me being true to myself doesn't mean me going back out into battle using my full powers, but you know, still wearing armor. Yeah, like it's like, I, like no, <laughs> astronauts a... aren't lying to themselves by wearing spacesuits. <laughs> <laughs> to be fully true to myself, I must be wearing the clothes I wear at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, that was weird. Yeah, and like, I suppose I was a bit distracted in that scene with the bindings. Yeah, I agree, that's a neat little storytelling trick. By the sheer unnecessary flourish of that whole sequence taking place on a frozen sulfur. Yes, yes. I, it took me a while to figure out what I was looking at, because it was like, yeah, I I eventually got it, but the fact that there was a load of ice up on what sort of read as a kind of volcano, and yeah. there was sulfur in it, that the, or at least it was yellow in there, so I know I bet that's sulfur. I don't know enough about sulfur to know whether it freezes over, so I spent that scene going like, oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, is it? And oh, like, does it do that? Oh. <laughs> and it's sort of like, I feel like this is, is this a visual metaphor? And if so, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I find myself a reasonably literate yeah. watcher of films. Thing, what's going on here? Mm. And this brings me on to another point that I do at least want to touch on. The fact that, like, for a film that it is handsome and it does have great production design and values and stuff, even if it is inauthentic, there's some baffling choices that just leech the visual variety out of this film in a lot of ways like for something that's as like handsomely shot as it is 
Why is it also weirdly drab? Mm. Why is it so soon hot on the heels after uh, The Lion King 2019? A film that is absolutely adamant about having as much of its action take place at about three o'clock in the afternoon mm. as possible. Mm. So that everything takes place in bleached daytime yeah. if, if if we can manage it we need as much of this field to take place at three in the afternoon in a slightly nondescript looking field in new zealand if yeah. we can if we can muster that if you would so you know that visually staggeringly stunning scene in the original film on the mountains with the with you know with the hun army descending on them through the you know and with the avalanche you know the famous avalanche yeah. scene basically well we want that in the film but we really don't want them to be in mountains mm. we really really do not want them to be in atmospheric rad looking tibetan looking yeah. mountains. even though we've even though we've proved over a series of recent films that we don't have to there doesn't have to be a, an appropriate set of mountains in real life to fit our vision for us to yeah. do it we can just make the mountains ourselves. We can just film it in that like little Mandalorian room where it's all yeah. camera. Yep. And it'll be fine. No one will know. Yeah. But we really want this to be set in a field in the daytime. So let's have this take place just right, right, right at the bottom of the mountain. Just where there's just enough snow that we can have a little bit of an avalanche. Yeah. Not so much that we're not in a field, fundamentally. Yeah, not so much Why? that it's anything like as dramatic as the animated original. It's that, yes, where where have they got that idea from? Surely, if you're doing this, the point is to make it more epic to look at, because it's real, yeah. but, but also just as big, if not bigger than the animated original. That was an... Uh, that co we, I think we, even though we disagreed with it and disliked it, we at least understood why that sort of compromise was made in The Lion King, and it was in yeah. the name of realism. But this yeah. has people in it. There's yeah. no, you don't have to do anything to convince us it's real. Put them in an incredible landscape. I don't know why they didn't. It's no. beyond me. I don't know why they did any of anything in this film. It, honestly, but that I one, don't. that one's so baffling. Given mm. that clearly, what they want one of their USPs to be on this version is this will have sumptuous visual and yeah. it's like they obviously had the raw material to make sumptuous visuals but they shoot it yeah again also the finale which in the original film takes place like you know in a packed you know forbidden city or whatever yeah. like in, in the imperial capital all the crowds are out there fireworks going off it's night it's atmospheric it's cool you know you're really taking advantage of all the architecture yeah. running along rooftops and so forth this one final showdown takes place in on paper what sounds cool it's an imperial palace but it's still under construction mm. you'd think on paper Ah, oh, that sounds interesting. So we'll see all the kind of, you know, the Chinese architectural design concepts, but, you know, we'll be in a state of half-finished, you know, like um, construction. You know, we'll, we'll see the interiors coming together, but, you know, and then they can play with the geography of that. It literally looks like a building site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They may as well have shot that on a scaffold yeah. in Manchester. Yeah, no, it looked as much like, you know, a, a church steeple under construction. Yeah. Just, it could have been anything. Anything at all. 
why would why would you like i just don't get that decision what what did they think was going to be visually interesting about that yeah i don't yeah i don't get it oh weird and again again this is a film that's priding itself on visual blender and the idea of like yeah but you know, one of the key things here is that we can make the action feel like real and either visceral or like uh, captivatingly stylized in that traditional, you know, like, yeah, like, this could be like Hero. This is going to be like House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, then why is it edited like crap? The, uh, the editing, I, I'm, I couldn't believe it. I can't always see, and I, and I suppose I, I suppose I don't quite know where the where the line is between what's editing and what's directorial decision. But the editing to describe it, no matter who did it, yeah. it's rancid in it. It's it's yeah. nonsense. There's so many of the action scenes, mostly the ones where there isn't literal martial arts happening. Yeah, I struggled to follow what was happening. Mm. Like, they were cutting seemingly at random. Sometimes, I tell you what the direction style reminded me of. It, 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 it felt like a reality show or something. <laughs> not You know, not like, um, as in not like a Kardashians kind of one, but like a, I don't know, like a docu, like something like The Apprentice or yeah. something. Like, it was, it just felt really, really uncommunicative. The most, the most sort of Big Brother house bit in it, to to me, was a bit where um, they'd all, be, and you'll have to remind me what bit I'm talking about here, but they're all, the soldiers, the good guy soldiers, are sitting around at, I think, night or evening or something, and yeah. they're just talking, and they're having a little conversation. It might be the bit where they start quoting a girl worth fighting for. Yeah. And then the scene concludes, like, they've had, the, their little conversation has ended, the, whatever the final beat is has happened and we cut away to a slightly panning shot of a fire somewhere near them to just draw a line under that and go there we go there's that scene we've moved away from them now then you get a close-up on mulan and then the scene changes and it's really weird it honestly looks like her name should appear on a banner at the bottom to just remind <laughs> viewers which big brother housemate this is because because <laughs> she's looking kind of sad about something she's kind of fidgeting a little bit and it honestly it looks like one of those scenes where it's like you know here's just re-establishing who's in the room in this one and that and then the scene cuts away having concluded already it cuts back then goes so weird the two bits that stood out to me were like um damn it i've forgotten one of them um i'll do the other one you might remember the other way. one <laughs> You know how there's a big thing with the with the villain catching arrows? Yes. The first time he catches an arrow, I found it hard to tell that that's what had happened. Yeah. Like, I genuinely... Because it shows the arrow, and then it kind of shows his hand, and then he sort of has the arrow. Yeah. But it, I, I feel like it doesn't show him catching it. Yeah. Like... Yeah, no, completely agree, yeah. But that's that's what we're being shown. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the key part of the story that you're that you're trying to introduce us to here. The the arrow catching. What yep. why haven't you shown that properly? Yep, like they didn't show putting the armor on properly. Yeah. I remember the other bit. The bit the avalanche thing. No. Oh. So 
she rides back into battle mm-hmm. and then the um you know the they're not the Huns in this. No, the Ruran, whoever they are. Ruran, Ruran, okay. which is more historic. Oh, yes, I understand that, yes. Um, and they're like, they've got the catapults out or whatever, and they're blowing up the little, I don't know, phalanxes or whatever. You know, the little, like, shell, the shells they made with their, with their shields or whatever. Yeah. And they, and she's like, oh, no, like, uh, I need to do something about this. I've just ridden back into battle from the fields or whatever, and I need to, I know what I, I need to make them trigger an avalanche. And then she's just behind the rock. She's just there. And also, yeah. she's brought loads of stuff with her. Like, they've already established that a person can't hold much when they said, how can nomads yeah. carry loads of gold? She's managed yeah. to bring, like, seven people's worth of helmets that she's set up. Like yeah, yeah, and it just and she's there. literally she's just there. She's yeah. literally just there. It's so weird because when you see her there, you're like, it takes you a while to readjust to the geography. Like, oh, yeah. it kind of stops yeah. you from feeling that any distance has been crossed in a way. No, no, it, like it's geographically impossible to follow that yeah. scene. Also, speaking of just bizarre geography and geometry to that scene. Again, the avalanche triggering scene in mm. the original, she grabs the rocket. Yeah. She looks at the big snowy overhang and aims for it mm-hmm. and shoots it. Mm-hmm. And you see it collapse yeah. and you see it trigger the avalanche. Here, she sets up behind this series of rocks yeah. right at the base of the mountain. Right at the base. Oh, yeah. The bottom of the mountain, yep. Yeah. Right at the bottom. Sets up these helmets to make it look like there's a bunch of people there. And, you know, the, the, the nomads, they're like, oh, there's some more people over there. We'll turn our catapult round and we'll fire yep. at them. Yep. <laughs> By which we mean massively, massively over their head into a big patch of snow, yep. a big exposed patch of snow that is visible to both of them, yep. looks flat, and that there are visibly no people in. Yeah. We'll fire something there. And then somehow that patch of snow, which looks reasonably flat, will trigger a massive mountain-wide avalanche yeah. coming from top to bottom. Yeah. The implication is that almost wherever they shot at, that would have happened. So, they, so yeah. their, their mistake was to bring it at all. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. why would you why would you change the staging of it so yeah, I don't that know. it's trap? Oh uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. You would expect them to change the staging of things so that it works in live action. And that isn't what they've d- done in this film. Almost all the changes are so that it's crap. Yeah. Just so that it's crap. There's I don't really I can't I can't even think of another interpretation of it. And it not not just like Someone, if someone liked this film, they might take umbrage at the idea of of it being so that it's crap. But it's definitely worse. It's definitely a crapper idea than if you'd just yes. done what the original film did in live action. And yes, yeah. some of it might have looked a bit silly now and then, but this but it film did silly anyway. Yeah, so that's not a, that's clearly not what their issue is. They're happy with that. Yeah, I'm just like because you know, like look. There's a lot in Lion King 2019 
that was changed and became crap. Yes. But you understood that the reasons why they did it weren't necessarily... You understood why they yeah. did it. Yeah. With a couple of exceptions. Yeah. One of which was, can you feel the love at three in the afternoon? Yes. Baffling. Like, just pointless change. Yeah. There's no... No sense whatsoever to suddenly change it yep. can you feel the love tonight into the middle of the day yeah it's definitely worse the word is being sung to you at the time so it's worse yeah. yes it's that kind of decision making that is riddled through this film yeah that seems to be their modus operandi in this film yeah and i i don't <laughs> i don't, don't know why do not understand i it, don't know why it feels so unpleasant to not even be able to guess what they yeah. thought they were doing when they made I, this. Like, I realise with this film, I could go on for a long time. Yeah, let's wrap up. We said we'd only go on till half ten and we're getting there now. I'm just gonna, I just want to check my notes and see if there's anything in here that's not just sure. a basic nitpick that I can't that, you know, that, that, that hasn't basically been covered thematically by something else I've mentioned. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And while you read that, I'll answer the yeah. question in the chat from uh, Jesus the Dio. Uh, what would you say is the best Disney live-action remake? Aladdin. I'd say that's the one I've enjoyed the most. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going by. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my I... criteria. Ooh, no, well, I don't know. Well, I Jungle that or Jungle Book. Oh, I forgot Jungle Book for a moment there. Yes, Jungle Book also very good, probably just as enjoyable. Uh, it's Jungle Book's a better film, though. It's also a better film. It's just that I saw it longer ago, so Aladdin is the one yeah. that sticks in my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally think that Cinderella and Pete's mm -hmm. Dragon are better films than um, Aladdin, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed Aladdin more. Yeah. Um, what the yeah? What the hell is this interpretation of Chi? Mm -hmm. This film has no understanding of what motivates Chinese people. How the hell do you skim over the big decision? Mm -hmm. This montage is effing lame. Mm -hmm. um, is this phoenix real or what? <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. Was that a metaphorical phoenix? Was that a someone seeing a spirit so that only she could see it? Or was it just there? I don't was know. it just there so they can say that there's a vaguely... Mushu-esque mm. concept. It, that, yeah, that crossed my mind, but it, it, it ended up not really being. So I, yeah, it's just... It's just nothing, is it? It's just, it's just nothing. so crap. It's um, just so crap and half-baked and like, that's so weird because you had to deconstruct a perfectly good cake to get a half-baked <laughs> one out of it. <laughs> The one thing they managed to unbake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I did think was vaguely that did bring a small smile yep. to my to my concrete, yeah, ossified faces. Look, it's a cheap thing. I liked the Ming Na Wen cameo. Right, I don't think I even spotted her. Where was she? She went uh, at the end in the you know when after the after the day has been won. She is the she is the woman who introduces Mulan to the Emperor. Oh right, I was trying to figure out where I knew that woman from, and uh, so yes, of course that's why I knew her. Yes, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, I like that. I thought 
that's nice. Yeah. It's nice that she's there. Yeah. Just just because, I mean, I just like Ming-Na Wen anyway. Yeah. No, same. Um, like, I like her whenever she's in anything. And obviously, just in case people don't know, the original voice of Mulan, uh, just nice. Yes. You see her there. And, and even, if, nice... uh, even if you don't know why, I bet you'd recognize her if you saw her. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. She's in loads of stuff. Yeah. And good, you know, yep. all, all power to her being in loads of stuff. Yep. It's always good. Yep. But not enough to save this film from our scorn or the scorn of everyone. Uh, apparently, I, 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 that fe- that makes me feel all right. You know, the fact that it's not just one of, yet another one of those things where I can see the thing is dreadful, but the world loves it. <laughs> no. No, I know. Um, like Beauty and the Beast. Like Beauty and the Beast or whatever, yeah. I mean, like like Beauty and the Beast, this got a weirdly positive critical reception. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't seem to have carried through to anyone else. Like, yeah. I've not seen anyone else praise this film. No. Obviously, like, you know, the, 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 the way it was released was, you know, kind of soured everyone on it. The people who have seen it all universally seem to be irritated by it for different reasons. All of the people they tried to please with this film hate it. And here we are. We're back at the start again. I can't imagine a child properly finding something to enjoy in this. I can't imagine a parent genuinely thinking like, that was for me. I don't know who this is supposed to be watched by. People who were after a more modern feminist interpretation of Mulan do not like this because ultimately it ends with her being a nationalistic tool of the patriarchy. Asian diaspora people who wanted to see a better representation of their voices in in a story like this got nothing from it. Mainland Chinese people got nothing from it. Like, just regular-ass Western audiences with Western values seem to find it dull yeah. and also be deeply alienated by all that weird political controversy swirling around it uh, yeah. from the from the you know questionable comments on social media about the Hong Kong protests by the lead actress to the deeply um complicated and troubling um issue to do with all the human rights stuff in the area near where they filmed mm-hmm. and the fact that they then had to credit that exact government agency in the credits of the film did they which yes um god which is look i'm kind of almost to some degree i'm willing to take their word for it Mm -hmm. of their explanation which is look we what we need to film some scenery we we filmed there Mm -hmm. and we worked through a third party company to organize those film rights for us Mm -hmm. they organized the film the filming rights for us and said, okay, we've got you the filming rights. These are the government agencies that you should credit um, for helping organize those filming rights. Yes. And they're like, okay, we will put those in the film. Yeah. It's Disney. Maybe they should have done their due diligence. Yes. Especially when they saw the word Uyghur in one of the names and been like, I feel like that word's been in the news a yeah. little bit. Shall Let's I just Google, Google that? <laughs> give that a goose. But like... um. Yeah. Yeah. But I genuinely think that's a 
it's a kind of a mistake of like just incompetent lack of like care and consideration rather than anything genuinely malicious but hmm. that's that's not that much better no exactly it, really yeah. it's really not that much better this is just a very very incompetent film that as we have said fails on every level that it has attempted to um compete i suppose uh which is Good news for us, because now we won't have to pay twenty quid to watch anything on Disney Plus again. So maybe, maybe, yeah, okay. maybe, and maybe, maybe it bring, maybe it, it. Obviously, it's not going to end this remake cycle, but maybe it accelerates the end of it a little bit. Ooh. I don't know. Oh, I if? don't know. What if? Because look, this remake cycle, it has to come to an end mm -hmm. sooner rather than later, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because they're running out now. Yeah. They're running out of the big ones that yeah. anyone cares if they remake it or not. Yeah. They've kind of done all their big 90s hitters, yeah. with the exception of Little Mermaid, which but they're, they're doing. doing it, yeah. Um, and with the exception of Josh Gad's Hunchback of Notre Dame, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Which, I mean, I don't... I don't. But look, the fact they're doing that shows you, that that's that's the sound of the barrel being scraped. Look. Yeah, that's one that people don't like very much. Yeah, I mean, we think it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's ve that's one where it's incredibly clear that nothing will be gained by making a live action remake of Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like you can't. Yeah. There's no way you can improve on what specifically was good about that version of the film and. There's no way that you can make a better version than if you hadn't based it on the Disney Hunchback of Notre Dame to make a live action yeah. film. So there's no reason to make that film. They, that is barrel scraping for sure. Yes. Yes, it basically is. Like, here's a, 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 a what I'm going to call a final point. It's kind of only tangentially related, okay. but like, it's something I do want to address. It annoys me a little bit that people look at the current cycle of remakes and the underwhelming result of them yeah and look at it as like and judge a, a judge it to be a failure of walt disney animation mm. that like look at disney look at them floundering around they can't make great animated films anymore uh. so they're you know they're just having to do all these live action remakes of their you know re replay the classics because they know they can't make cartoons that good anymore no, they, they can and they, do. Yeah, yeah. They can and do. This remake cycle is not a failure of Walt Disney Animation. It's a failure of their live action department. Yeah. Their live action department is the one that's been floundering since, for about 10 years, basically ever since the Pirates of the Caribbean movies stopped mm. being good and being successful. Yeah. Like, they've not had like a properly successful original live action franchise since, like, what? I don't know, National Treasure, maybe. <laughs> um, the original, that isn't yeah, yeah. Marvel or Lucasfilm yeah. Yeah, yeah. or whatever. And it's not for want of trying. And this is something that, you should, that we should all remember. They're kind of doing all these remakes right now. In, it's, it's a pure desperation move because they've been floundering for years and years and years and years to try and replace the pirates movies mm. 
and they've just been throwing stuff at the wall with an increasing sense of desperation of yeah. like trying to hop on trends and picking stuff that you would think should be successful that would on paper be successful and just screwing it up mm. or delivering versions of it that we don't like it's like okay right pirates is over what do you what else what else do you guys like tron you like tron don't you don't you like tron no you don't like tron right okay uh mm -hmm. right what if we give uh i don't know ava duvernay she's like a really popular you know she directed selma like very you know uh critically critically critical darling of a director what if we give her a wrinkle in time you'll like that won't you you'll flock to that in blockbuster numbers no okay what if we are literally steven spielberg and we do an adaptation of the bfg beloved book you'll like right right surely no no not that okay okay what it, you know, it, it does make you wonder why those two didn't work because they do sound as if they should right like who else do you love? You love Brad Bird. You love Brad Bird. Like, you love his films after The Incredibles. You like the Mission Impossible movie he did? We'll give him all the money to be the make the Brad Birdiest film he's ever bloody made. No? No? <laughs> you don't like Tomorrowland? What? What? Okay. Who else from Pixar do you really like and really want to see, you know, get a stab at live action? Andrew Stanton. You love that guy. You love that guy. You look right, pulp adventure stuff. John Carter. No, no, not John Carter. Right, what if we get um, Gorbabinski? He did the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that you actually liked. We'll get Johnny Depp back and we'll revive another beloved old genre. We'll make The Lone Ranger. How about that, eh? How about that? Still nothing, still nothing. You know? Okay, okay, right. So you like your live action fairy tales. You like live action fairy tales, but you don't want another remake. What about one that basically feels like it is a live action remake, but isn't? We're going to do The Nutcracker. That fits right into the wheelhouse of the kind of films you've actually been bloody seeing from us. What about that one? No, 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 not, no, no. Not even aware that one came out? Right, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. okay. I've mentioned, well, since you told me about the Nutcracker, I've mentioned it to a couple of people, and the response is always, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. And, like, and God bless them. They are still trying to do this. Right up until, you know, like, right up until, like, okay, okay, okay. Who's, launched, who's successfully done some live-action fantasy movies for us recently? Kenneth Branagh. He did mm. Thor, right? Okay, cool. He did this live-action Cinderella like that. Okay, what do we give him? A book adaptation. Popular book series. It's Artemis Fowl. It's got Josh Gad in it, right? <laughs> you like Josh Gad? You, you like... like Josh Gad? You yeah. like Josh Gad? Those, are the, those that... are the words of the Walt Disney corporation yeah i think it's like, i think actually it's a direct quote from josh gad's agent <laughs> you like josh gad and everyone goes okay okay uh, okay there and yet and yet that was not enough to save artemis Fowl. look at look at the other film that they were supposed to have released this year what was that going to be that, that they've had to push into 2021 now 
Jungle Cruise, based on the popular Disney Get ride. lost! As Jungle in a Cruise. film based on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disney. Based on the Jungle Cruise ride. The Jungle Cruise <laughs> ride, which is, you on a boat, going past some animatronic, like, animals of the sort that might genuinely be there, while someone just narrates what you're going past. Yeah. Film of that. That, but with, with, The Rock. Because you love The Rock. You love The Rock. And you, you know what you especially love about The Rock, says the Walt Disney Company. You love it. You love it when The Rock is in a jungle background wearing, like, car keys. Because <laughs> he's made about ten films in the last five years. Like... Where he's in a jungle wearing some khakis. You know, he was in Journey to the Mysterious Island. He was in two Jumanji films. He was in Rampage where he was kind of wearing khakis and in a jungle for part of it. Like, The Rock lives in a jungle wearing khakis. And every time we film that happening, you guys go and see that. So you guys will love Jungle Cruise. And then we might be able to stop making all these live action remakes. Eh? What, what about it? What about it? What about it? Do, do you see the point I'm making? Yeah. They're not, it's not that they're not trying to make original live action film. No. They just keep, they just keep stab, stepping on rakes like Sideshow mm. Bob. Yeah. Like every time they do something that isn't a live action remake. So I actually have sympathy for the fact that they keep doing it. Yeah. Because they don't know in their live action department how to make anything else take. No. And, and yeah, it's like some of these films that they've tried to release in this period have been so well-intentioned mm. and seemed like such good ideas on paper. But, but we haven't liked any of them. <laughs> and none of them have made them any money. They just, they just keep having to be like, all right, fine, we'll just make The Lion King again. And, you know, if, if you like that... I, I guess we'll do The Lion King 2, but not The Lion King 2 this time. What else? I don't know. What else have we got left? Oh, it, look, it's, look, it's been long enough. We can do 101 Dalmatians again, right? <laughs> <laughs> for oh, for that reason and that reason alone, I actually feel sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because gen genuinely, genuinely, and I think I've said this on a previous episode, uh -huh. If they, if Disney, if you offer Disney a choice mm -hmm. between you can make um, uh, the Lion King remake and make a billion dollars off it, or you can make Tomorrowland and mm -hmm. make a billion dollars off it, I definitely think they'd have chosen to make a billion dollars off Tomorrowland. Like, A, because they want new brands. They don't yeah. want to be in this business where they're just cannibalizing themselves. Like, I saw the someone summed it up really well on Twitter the other day, um, the, the, the film writer Zach Stentz. He was like, Disney, have, in the last few years, Disney have been eating their seed corn. Mm. You know, they've been eating, mm. they, they, they've been eating the stuff they're supposed to plant. Yeah. And they're kind of, what they're doing right now is not <clears throat> sustainable, really. No. Like, and I, and they obviously know it isn't sustainable. That's why they keep trying to launch these new live action franchises. And it's why they keep buying up all these other studios so that they have yeah. these live action brands in their portfolio because they want to be making money 
and good films from live action, but they they're on a real losing streak with it when it's you know Walt Disney Pictures making them and it's not Marvel or it's not yeah Lucasfilm. Um, yeah, no, we've seen them recently at the what what can only be the height of this project with Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, yeah. those sorts of films. They were never going to get any higher than that, and none of them have particularly soared particularly high. Like, no, even, not even, artistically, not artistically, and like, yeah, they've essentially they have made a lot of money, right? Of course yeah. they have. So in that regard, it's a t- perfect success, but. They have they 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 are painting themselves into corners. They are going to be left yeah. with nothing that they can do next, and the result of it will be looking back. No one's going to be that fond of any of it. It's not going to be a golden age of anything. No, I genuinely, pretty much, definitely think that. Um, I just think this era is going to be remembered not in not that dissimilar terms from the director Direct DVD era, yeah yeah era rarely no. It'll just be seen as this period, this weird period, yeah. where Disney just crapped out a whole yeah. load of remakes to their um, to, to to their classic animated films, and just like with the um, with the director video era, there were a couple that yeah. are all right if you go back to them. You know, Lion King one and a half, it's all right. Bambi two, it's all right. Yeah, everything else is a load of crap, and yeah. I think I genuinely think that's how this era is going to be remembered. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, okay, yeah, Aladdin's all right if you go back and it's... Yeah, you know, it's all right. It's fun. You'll have fun with Aladdin. Jungle Book's actually, you know, really quite an interesting movie. But then you get Mulan. Yeah. And the, um, we- the, the weird difference is that this time, like, with the with the straight-to-video sequels, it was that they were visibly, like, lower-budgeted and less lavishly produced than the ones that they were aping. And in this one, yeah. you can tell that limitless amounts of cash have been heaped onto it and it yeah. turns out the result is the same if you don't have a core of i don't know dare i say artistic integrity something like that yeah i mean that's the thing like yeah i mean jeremy our our, our patron and supporter and num called jeremy our number one fan yeah because he was our first patron jeremy, jeremy you're our number one fan all round sound <laughs> fella jeremy yes exactly and when we initiate that world takeover plan that we discussed in the previous episode jeremy's going to be the prime minister oh yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah i mean unless unless he you know puts a foot out of line i mean i think that goes without saying isn't it he he knows that as well as we do (laughs) um but yeah i mean he does point out that look yes we do have to address the fact that yeah the lion king remake it's the highest grossing animated film of all time. Like, these are films that will be much more than a footnote in history from that perspective because sure. they have, they've been such a big deal. But he's also correct in saying that they've left basically no cultural impression. I don't mm. think they will leave any no. lasting cultural impression. And and it, uh, to a certain extent, of course they made that money. Like... If that yeah. if if there had been no The Lion King and that The Lion King had come out, nobody would remember it or care about it no. or go and see no. it. No. It would be dinosaur, wouldn't yeah. it? Right? Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. it would have been. It would have been Yeah, remember the time that like Disney made that technically very experimental and ambitious mm. film, but there was 
dead boring and it had no like compelling characters in it. And uh, what wasn't that weird that they made that? That's what it'd be. That's what it'd be. And that's what all of these films, with those few exceptions, are. And this one is it's kind of the post like I think I will now use this one in particular as the new kind of like um what's the word? Exemplar or whatever of what's wrong with this project mm. and what isn't working about this project. And I didn't, I gen, genuinely, I didn't think I'd find one to supplant beauty in the No. <laughs> um, but I think this one has. I do yeah. think this one has. Yeah. I, I think we're into a, like, I still loathe Beauty and the Beast the most, but this yeah. has all the... All, like, everything about this does make it the new one. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't offend me as much because it's not beauty. It's not a remake of Beauty and the Beast. Exactly, yes. But to anyone who prizes Mulan in their heart yeah. as bad important, yeah, this is every bit as, as large a quantity of sand kicked in their eyes <laughs> as that one was. Yeah. And it's just a load of crap, isn't it? Mm. Abby was and, uh, Abby was singing along with the incidental music while watching this one, and she was singing, "Who is that girl I see being crap on TV?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else can you say? I am done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this. I think I think I, anyone watching the video can visibly see that the life has drained out of me since we started. I'm like, <laughs> my center of gravity is much lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So I've drooped. So don't don't spend the twenty. God, don't do not. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're curious. Just give it a little bit, and it'll be like not free, but f free if you subscribe yeah. to Disney Plus. Which, if you're watching this podcast, you subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah, we still like Disney Plus. It's still got a lot of great things about it. Just don't, don't do this. <laughs> no, watch Herbie. And yeah, watch like watch Bed all Nobs the versions of sticks and stuff. Watch all the versions of Freaky Friday, like I did. Did what, you? What? Yeah, I did. Well, no, I didn't watch all... I watched the main two versions of it. Well, I've never seen any and would be up for doing an episode where that's the basis of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, we can do that. We hey, can do that. There we go, there's another concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we've already sketched out a plan for a Halloween episode. Yes. Halloween. Are we going, are we going to say that? <sighs> I, don't, it's not, I don't consider it a secret. No, okay. Yeah, so for, for Halloween, we're going to do Hocus Pocus, which is the highest grossing um, re-release of this year. Really? Yeah, they've just re-released it in American cinemas, I think. So really? I, yeah, and this is, this is what we're saying. This is what, okay. We were saying this through your door the other day. Yeah. This is a weirdly... Hocus Pocus, it's a weirdly zeitgeisty film that mm. has passed us in our crusty old generation yeah. by yeah. a little bit 
Yeah, even and, though when it passed us by in our crusty old generation, we were young children, completely with our finger on the pulse of children's culture. <laughs> so I don't know yet, how it happened. And yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, we need to go back and investigate. Yeah. That, I think. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Just don't watch Mulan. <laughs> don't. I mean, what? Don't watch it e- when it watch it when it's free, so that you can understand everything we've seen. Yeah. Here. It's not worth pirating it it's rubbish (laughs) it's not worth the effort of lifting a finger to press a button to watch it if it comes on if if disney start a thing but if they get so desperate for anyone to watch it that when it's free on disney plus they it just plays automatically i guess watch it (laughs) that's it and you also have sleep paralysis so you can't (laughs) move well wake paralysis (laughs) Just paralysis, yeah. that's called. Oh, yeah, no, that's just paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, sleep paralysis would be if actually you were asleep, but what you thought was happening was that you were awake, can't move, and Disney's Mulan is encroaching on you. It's like it's coming... <laughs> the, the remake is coming through the window, and it's just above you, and you can feel a great pressure on you to watch this awful film. <laughs> and that might happen to us after the experience. Now, yeah, yeah. That- that that's what we get for selling our souls. Well, I mean, I sold my soul. It's really bad. It's bad. <laughs> Honestly, I don't like saying bad, unqualified, but I feel like we've qualified it for the last three hours, and now <laughs> I can underline that with bad. Yeah. Carry the one. Bad. bad. Bad with two Ds. Yes. No. That's that makes it cool. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> this is bad okay. with, like, seven Ds, which by that point, you know, they're, they're just leaning their finger on the button to emphasize yeah, how bad yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I see what you mean. I yeah. You. Go away! Go away! Thank you for joining us. Patreon.com forward slash Serious Disney's. Follow us on Twitter at, at Serious Disney's. Or follow... Uh, yeah, I still know how to do that. <laughs> or you can follow Dave on Twitter at, at Demon Tomato Dave or myself at, at Mouse Talica. We will be back for the aforementioned Halloween episode. Halloween. Yes. We don't, it. I, I don't know when that'll be, but we will. We will. We'll, we will record it around that time, and yeah. then that will probably be with you in 2022. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, if we do it live like this, it could be... I mean, look, I'm not, I haven't got any plans. We could do it Halloween night, if you like. We'll see. I'm not going to any parties. I mean, that's true. I think there may be something else. I'm not on. bobbing for oh. no apples. <laughs> but, but until whatever auspicious occasion... Um, good night, stay safe, and go away. Go away! Go away! You can contact us, if you like, seriousdisney at gmail.com or at seriousdisney on Twitter. And if you like the podcast and you want it to continue without just sort of fizzling away as many podcasts do, then the best way to do that is to go over onto Apple Podcasts and give us a good review and five stars, because then the algorithms deliver us to new listeners. And if you're looking for something else to listen to now, uh, go and check out Sonic the Comic, the podcast. That's another thing I do. Okay, thanks. Bye.